Hey guys, welcome in to Cancel This, CancelThisShow.com. Eight o'clock on a Friday, April 7th. Happy Friday, the start of the weekend. We're here to ready to get you going yeah. on this Friday. Full house. I'm Vic Faust. Tab of the Hassle, Eric Johnson, Scotty mm-hmm. Gerkin in studio. Lizzie Sparks running the social media from outside of the studio. Lots to get into today. It is a conspiracy theory Friday, paranormal Friday, spiritual Friday, all of that going on. It's also Good Friday in Holy Week. And with that being said, coming up at our nine o'clock hour, you will not want to miss Michael Voris of St. Michael's Media, Militant Church, MilitantTV.com. We're going to break down the incredible miracles that are happening all over the place that have happened with saints over the years the Shroud of Turin as well, the science behind the miracles as well, which is fascinating. The blood of Jesus too, and how it has been dissected and shown to be, well, I'll tell you what what blood type it is too and why that's important. Hmm. It's fascinating in the nine o'clock hour. AI Friday is next week. If you guys are upset, Contact Alex at Raising Sales Marketing because he, he has screwed us twice. Wow. He's our friend. You just threw him under the bus. No, it's no, it's called, I put him up on a pedestal. You did? I put him up on a pedestal for the world to see. I promoted his now company. People are going to be doxing him and like going to his house. They need and to dox him. Damn, they need dog. to dox him. Damn. We love Alex. And we also dox him. Anyway, um, so that's in the 9 o'clock hour. The first hour, we got all kinds of stuff to get to. We're going to get to it. Um, from the Biden administration still blaming Trump for the pullout. From our strategy map <laughs> for Europe, U.S.-NATO strategy map being released. Oh, yeah, it just got released somehow, some way. You've got to be kidding me. I'm pissed off that there's no Missouri betting. I mean, are you kidding me? There's betting in 36 states, but we can't get it done in Missouri. And three... Well, I repeat, two, two um, Tennessee representatives expelled, and I actually hear people talking, some people, well, it's Democrats, these are just nice gentlemen. Well, they led a violent <laughs> protest on the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Well, what's wrong with that? Gee, let's think back to January 6th, people. Uh, anyway. Well, that's different because that was us, not Oh, that's them. Republicans. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. Don't yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, these guys got exactly what they deserved, but they'll be back in their positions and we'll Two tell you Two or three anyway. So with that being said, we'll get into all of it coming up. But first, take a look at our partners, the people that help make this responsible. This show, if you need any of their products, please contact them. Let them know you contacted them or heard about them on cancelthisshow.com. Uh, feel free to go ahead and make a donation as well if you want to help what we've got going on here with Free Speech Radio and podcasting and viewing, all that coming up. All right. Here's a look at our sponsors. We'll be right back in two minutes. You've waited, and now it's here. The unveiling of the latest Carol House Lifestyle Collections. I'm Brooke with my sister Amy inviting you to see three football fields of the latest styles. Our new lifestyle collections are premium quality furniture made exclusively for us and available only at Carroll House. The attention to detail is unmatched and so is the value, nearly half the price of a typical gallery store. Plus, get free financing, delivery, and in-home design. Carroll House, because you like nice things. 
Kathy O. Big Strick, owner of Experience Real Estate Partners with EXP, has been one of St. Louis, Missouri's highest selling groups for 26 years running. In that time, Kathy and her team have successfully assisted an incredible 4,000 families. So if you're thinking about buying, building, or selling, be sure to put Kathy's group and their experience to work for you, and you can expect to be moved. Just give her a call at 314-276-SOLD. That's 314-276-7653 or 5 Finder online at experience-re.com. Winties in the Chesterfield Valley, if you don't know, is a family-owned business that has been around since 1994, serving some of the best chicken wings in town, no joke. Also known for their fresh burgers, pizza, and incredible smoked meat. Top-notch happy hour specials are included, plus live music every Friday and Saturday. Oh yeah, you can also enjoy their spacious heated covered patio. It's Winties in the Chesterfield Valley, 18,000 Chesterfield Airport Road. As all of you may know, the home of the Cancel This Studio is located at the all-inclusive private jet hangar, Strategic Air Services. Founded in Chesterfield, Missouri, they take pride in offering a meticulous approach to private aviation through services that fully manage your trip from takeoff to landing. Strategic Air Services is more than just storage for your aircraft. They offer state-of-the-art amenities to its members and guests. When you are not traveling, you have the luxury of enjoying their world-class gym, conference rooms, lounges, and so much more. Strategic Air Services offers an unparalleled luxury experience for all things private aviation. If you're looking for a new place to call home for your aircraft, give them a call today at 636-400-7601. Again, that's 636-400-7601 or visit their website at strategicairservices.net. And welcome back to Cancel This, CancelThisShow.com. Scotty Girk and Eric Johnson, Tab of the Hassle on Vic Faust. You guys ready to kick start things going on? Yeah, but I'm confused. This is not AI Friday anymore. I thought it was going to be AI talk. Is that why you're here? Yeah, we got to be here for real. (laughs) Why do you think I'm here early? I was. Well, the problem is on our whole text line yesterday. I know you kind of jump in and jump out. I don't even jump in anymore. Alex from Raising Sales kind of canceled it on us because he couldn't make it and he's going to be a big part of it. So, um, that's oh. all right. Yeah, it's fine. I uh, can talk about it. Um, you can leave and come back at 8 30 if you want, <laughs> or What's nine it? o'clock these days. <laughs> Tabitha, Eric comes in and he's the microwave, he gets us cooking. With that being said, Eric, we, yeah, just go through the show topics, you'll see. Go take got, a nap, come we back got, later. We got a lot to get into today, especially <laughs> during the Tabitha looks spicy today. I, doesn't I she? was happy to see you this morning. She looks spicy. I love having you in this yeah. video. No, you don't. Yes, I do. She I doesn't. Do. It was a lie. That was a lie. <laughs> no, I really I I do. I Never love once it. have I said, let's fire Eric. She gets to talk mm. more. Anyway, cancel this show. Let's fire Eric. Cancel this show. I got No, I, I, I swear I never have. I, I have a golden Eric. parachute waiting. I love it. <laughs> Eric doesn't need us. He's, he has a mansion on the hill in Wentzville. Yeah. Hey, guys, thank you for uh, getting this show up to where we are right now. But please continue to share, like the show, subscribe, do whatever you can uh, with that. Eric, could you do me a favor? Yes, I can. I failed you this morning. Right. You were here so early. I forgot. To even turn your light. Uh, don't worry about my light. I want. I am light. the light of this fire. No, you I seek. need your light, or I'm gonna have to get up and turn your damn. He light. actually looks pretty good. He's. Right. I look fantastic, just like this. Okay, we'll leave him. Look at my little, light. my little. 
Can we let people decide? My orange fox is just popping right now. What is that? I don't even know. It's some kind of fox. No, I like it. (laughs) It's a transformer fox. (laughs) That's a transformer? No, the wall light. No, wall light. Oh, the wall, wall light. light. The wall. Oh, the the blue thing. Yeah, uh, it's important. It's it's a branding thing. I guess you don't need yes, light. T- yeah. t- Thank you, Scotty. What, Tabitha, that's your pretty blue light. You like? Come I know. On. I love the blue lights. It's all about Tabitha's pretty blue light. Yeah. You know what that does look like, Tabitha? It is, or uh, Eric, the Punisher mask. Robert's right on your shirt. Oh, okay, yeah, that does make sense. I just saw Dungeons and Dragons the other day, last night or two nights ago. It was good. Oh, gosh. And it's kind of like, there's a lot of faces like this in that movie. Sounds like devilish to me. I love that. Eric, you have color. Damn, dude, you look good with color. Go on. You don't look like Antifa or Revcom. (laughs) Go on. Uh, It's a Friday. We're going to have some fun, but we got some spicy topics. Speaking of looking spicy, um, first of all, and Tabitha don't say, well, what do you expect at San Francisco? San Francisco State University. You know what? I don't care if you're conservative or not. You have every right to go in and talk about saving women's sports. It was part of a Turning Point USA uh, speech last night. Riley Gaines, former NCAA uh, swimmer. Mm -hmm. She has really come mainstream to save women's sports from transgender men saying that they're women now. And of course, dominating the sport, Leah Thomas. She went to just give a speech last night. She was physically assaulted, hit multiple times by a guy that jumped out. I say a guy. She said it was a guy in a dress saying he was transgender, (laughs) punching her. Mm -hmm. They had to exit her to a room, barricade her in because other people were waiting to hurt her because she was trying to, quote, have a speech on how men becoming women and swimming is killing the sport. Riley Gaines gets attacked. But, of course, it's nowhere on national media. The only place you're going to see it is Fox News, maybe Newsmax, maybe OAN. A lot of people are seeing this stuff now. Um, there's going to come a day when you go to a WNBA game and it's going to be basically the JV squad of the guys that couldn't get in the NBA. That's exactly what it's going to be. That's what Tabitha it's all, said. It's already pretty much there. It's because that's be, exactly what's happening now. The men who can't win in their own sport, they have to decide to be girls. And in the Biden administration, Eric, did you know that they are fighting hard to protect the rights of transgenders in sports, despite the fact that we say there are so few of them and and perhaps more in the future, yeah. they're getting ready to pass a law that says, now not in competitive sports, but in school sports, mm-hmm. in school sports, schools, if you're a public school in the United yeah. States, you're going to have to allow trans kids to play in the sport that they identify, not competitively. Yeah, that's okay. That's the key because the oh, states, the individual states are already putting up laws where you can't. Not yeah. competitively. Yeah. And that's, just isn't that's the key, wrong. though. It's well, it's not going to keep key. probably anyone out of scholarships because they're not going to allow it for competitions. But as far but as sports, yes. I'm problem- telling you right now, I don't know what transgender is. Is transgender where you actually have to go and get the your wiener whacked off? Do you have to do that to be no. in a woman's sport? No. Okay, then that's, that's the, the problem. problem. Leah Thomas. That's the problem. This was the problem with Leah Thomas as she was undergoing the surgery or blockers that you have yeah. the essentially the the hormone blockers was that she, one of the swimmers said that Leah pulled out her junk in the locker room after a meet. Dude, I'm telling you I, right I'm now. I'm sorry, it's... Two years ago, Vic Faust looked at me like I had worms coming out of my nose. He Which always, time? He always does. <laughs> but I said, I go, Vic, 
the opportunity for a male sprinter or a male track and field star or a male <laughs> basketball player or a male um, you know lingerie football star or whatever it's going to be is coming and if you think that these guys don't see the ability to get a scholarship to UCLA as a male being a tennis player, let's say they can play tennis halfway decent, but they can't beat any guys. Do you think that they're not thinking about trying out for the women's tennis squad at UCLA getting well, a scholarship? Are, are a- you out of your mind? I would. Maybe I'm out of my mind unless they were already thinking no, about no, being... No. This is or something was inside them where they were questioning. But that's why they're not going to force the, the law on competitive sports for exactly that in reason. In California, they will. Well, in, in Michigan, it, it they will. In, certain in New York, they will. In certain in, states, in, right. Yes, in but New Hampshire, But the federal government will. will not. So maybe it. you won't be able to do it at Mizzou, but you don't think that there's a bunch of guys already gearing up to go up to New York State or Massachusetts or to California or to Seattle, Washington, where they are going to be running track and field events Eric, and they are going to no be question. annihilating women, there's annihilating no them. There are, there are guys out there right now wearing their high heels and practicing their dance moves to uh, win the Miss America pageant, uh, win the Miss USA oh, pageant. Oh, I didn't even think about I mean, that. So, yes, yeah, men did, are dominating. A transgender, a transgender winner. Dude, I'm telling you right now, if you, if you, I, but you want to, what about women? Can I be a little morbid? Can I be a little bit morbid? Can I be a little morbid here? I would totally go buy a ticket to see a transgendered all male female WNBA game. Wait a minute. What do you mean all male female? I'm getting confused. Well, then that would be like a circus. What were they what born trying to say? I would pay good money to go to the freak show of seeing all men play as a female basketball team against an actual female basketball team. Does that make sense? It does, but that's Let's will say happen. the Seattle Reign or whoever is, I don't even know what the NBA teams are anymore, the WNBA teams. But if there was a WNBA team that had five guy girls on the court, five transgendered ladies, whatever you want to call them. I don't even know how to do it. But five trans- against a, a complement of full, f- real females. I would love to see that. I don't know. Is, is that being morbid? Is that, is that bad to no, say? No. Well, it, it, it's like the Barnum and Bailey Circus. That it's like the Globetrotters versus but, the Washington Generals. Well, Riley here And Riley came out and said, quote, the prisoners are running the asylum at San Francisco State University. I was ambushed and physically hit twice by a man. Yeah. This is proof that women need sex-protected spaces. That's one of her missions as well, is that if you are transgender, you have your own area that you're not like Leah Thomas, who was said to have shown her junk to the other um, oh, yeah, females about that. in the locker room. She went on to say, still only further assures, assures me, I'm doing something right. When they want you silent, you speak louder. So she was attacked. Nothing Riley Gaines has ever done has been violent shouting in anybody's face. Mm-hmm. She's just showing up to speak at an event. And you have, unfortunately, this political issue that has... And yes, it's a political issue, unfortunately. It's a democratic political issue right now. And unfortunately, that's what we're talking about. As Tab is like, oh my God, another day of training. Well, no, wait, what I would like to talk about, being the only female on uh, in here today, is that... Can you prove that? I can. Okay. Is You want to you go out in the lobby? No, absolutely, absolutely not. <laughs> Thank you, but go ahead. I'm sorry. As Whoa. the only female in the room, 
What about women's rights? What about the fact that women fought so hard to play in competitive sports, fought so hard to get into the Olympics, fought so hard to gain? Look at these women, real women who work so hard. People make fun of beauty pageants, but those women, they work their entire lives. Well, you know what women are becoming? You know what women are becoming? White women. They're becoming the new white man. They're becoming the the oppressed. Well, oppressed. We're, the yeah. rights we fought so hard well, for are feminism, being completely trampled. 1970s, on. you've come a long well, way, baby. Virginia Slim feminism is dead. Where who are brought, all who the feminists? Up, who brought up the pageant? Was that you? Me. Well, there was a trans woman crowned Miss San Francisco. There was. That's why I brought it up. Okay, of course there was. And there have been. <laughs> I'm just telling you. But, no, the, no. but in but, every pageant these days, there are trans men uh, being women and beating women in the pageants, beating women at sports. The things that women fought. It, I mean, don't we have anything so are of you our saying own men anymore? Are better? Yes. <laughs> Apparently they are. Men are better at being women than women are. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. I mean, Eric, this person's name is Lace. Lace. Uh huh. Is there a picture? Lace. Yeah. I gotta see Lace. Lace. Where, where are all those women Lace's, with the pink hat? Lace. The picture of Lace is attractive. With the pink hats. The pink, you know what, hats that came out in droves to support Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Where are all those women saying, "Stand up for me"? All the feminists that fought so hard. For feminism, where are all of these women? Well, you're more, you're, really more, like you're more feminine as a man being a woman than a woman being a woman these days. You are literally, you just broke the glass ceiling. I love that, where women are always trying to bro- break glass ceilings all over the place. Well, men just broke the female glass ceiling of being women better than women can be women. Is that like crazy Patty to think said, about? Like Patty on the comments like said, where's the Me Too movement? Where are all of these people at? And you're so right, Eric. You know what? We tried so hard as women to get ahead yeah. and get ahead and get ahead. Yeah. It, you know, back in the day, more so than now, because now I think we are ahead in many ways. But now that's being taken away from us. Yeah. I, I don't even think the Europeans or the rest of the world needs to laugh at us. Because I'm laughing at us. But it's happening I, in Europe, Americans, too. Americans. It's happening Americans in Europe, too are laughing at Americans, and it's a joke. Hey, did you ever, well, anyway. Scotty, I'll, I sent you You know where it's not Lace's happening in Russia? picture, buddy. <laughs> Scotty, it's not, ha- I mean, Scotty, gosh. Eric, it's, it's not we're, happening in we're Russia. Interchangeable. It's, it's not, not ha- happening we're in the interchangeable. Middle East. Let we're me guess, Tabitha, it's <laughs> not happening in any BRICS country. That's correct. Hell no. Only NATO countries. I feel like, because Tab- they have I feel like Tabitha, if it's given, all part if, of the same thing. if a group of men in black suits with sunglasses walked in here and said, Tabitha, this is your one chance you can be Russian, Chinese, you can be Saudi Arabian, you can be anything in bricks. I have a feeling that, that you she, are 100 percent wrong. I have wrong. a feeling that Tabitha would take the offer. You are 100 percent wrong. I, did you I see think that flag taped to my desk? I think she would Eric, take the offer. I am a Eric, diehard she's like, American. She's like, how far away can I live from Putin? No. Eric, I am a diehard Eric, American. Eric, I want to show you Lace. If Lace said, Hey, Wait, here we go. hey, big boy, I love watching you with PRL. Oh, damn. Hey, I came to watch you play the bass at PRL. You might give that a second look. Well, that's that is a very interesting thing that you said that because the last time <laughs> that, that is Lace, who was born a man and is now a transgender woman, who just won the San Francisco beauty pageant. Yeah, there was a few people, and this I'm, again, I hope you guys think that I I don't give a damn when you're an adult, do whatever you want. But we were, I was fooled a few times the last time we played the mayor's ball at, on Mardi Gras two years ago with uh, Tashara, oh, yeah, with Tashara Jones, and uh, our backstage was the same backstage where the the dancers dress. 
There's a few. I know. There's a few that I was like, how are you doing, lady? Yeah, and nope. Oh, <laughs> you have a few drinks, too. Yeah, and yeah. it's like. Yeah. So it's Tabitha raises her eyebrows. Yeah. I do think that. I'm re- actually wondering how many, how far Eric has woo! gone before he realized the difference. Never. But I, I, my radar is very. We have accurate. some fun with it, but Riley Gaines not a fun situation no, to be not. in that area where you're being bullied by a man wearing a dress and being physically yeah. attacked. But she's never going to stop, and it's one of those tough, tough, tough situations that we have to deal with. Um, speaking of tough situations, did you guys see? All right, three Tennessee representatives, and you have to get into this because it's part of the story. Two African American men and one white woman um, led protest in Tennessee over gun control the other day. Um, Here's the problem. It became unruly, wild, crazy, and we'll show you the video. Democrats don't think it was wild. They think, oh, it's fine. Now, these three representatives all admitted they did something wrong. All three of them admitted that they did something wrong. We'll show you that video as we talk over this story. The problem is, when you do something like that and you lead all of the protests coming mm. into the Capitol, it's wrong. And guess what? Guess what? You subject yourself to possible expulsion. Yeah. Two of them were, and I repeat, were expelled. The two African-American representative men were expelled. The white woman was not. <laughs> of course, they blamed it was racism. I but agree. then, but here's the problem. This, the leader of the House, the speaker, was on television going, okay, well then why did her attorney, when they came to speak to us, say, and this is the the part that Democrat stations won't tell you, the president's so lost, he doesn't know what he's saying, is that the attorney said, my client is different than those two. Mm -hmm. She didn't grab the bullhorn. She didn't yell and scream like they did. She should not be expelled, and she wasn't by one vote. Now, those two African-American men did lead the charge. They did yell and scream with the bullhorn, and they did lead it. So with that being said, they were expelled. There's nothing racial. Give me a freaking break. The, The Speaker of the House said, if that attorney would not have argued and presented facts that showed that she was different, she would have been expelled as well but that's the side story the main story is you don't walk into a capital as a representative with a bullhorn yelling screaming and inciting what's going on are we playing the video as we've been talking or out of order what we we were talking about showing the, okay now please play the video while we talk scotty <clears throat> And you see what's going on. We can talk over the video, as I said, as this is going on. The problem is they get expelled, and now it's become a, oh, well, we can go go into a house and yell and scream with a bullhorn anytime we want, and it's only racial if you tell us that we're going to be expelled. I yeah. 69, 26 nays. The con- the but even being expelled, guess what? The These two the gentlemen can still run again yeah. in, the f- in their districts. They're probably heroes in their district. They'll win and they'll be back. And they'll get expelled again. If they do something. No, I think they can go. I think they can do this all over again. It can be a back and forth. I think that there's like not a statute of limitations or double jeopardy. I think that it's like, oh, you're back. Bye. Well, why isn't it like Abe says on the comment line? They are insurrectionists 
and need solitary confinement. I'll why, tell you why. I'll why tell you why. Why won't they be treated just like the January Sixers? That's a I'll good tell you point. why. I'll tell you exactly why. And you know the answer. Why? Well, of this. course, I know the answer. The we answer is because that you didn't see Rachel Maddow, you didn't see Chris Cuomo, and there's no one that has a spot used the word insurrection. The insurrection in Tennessee gets you a long way. If you're a Democrat, you use that word. You put a committee together, and boom, it is what it is. It's exactly the same thing. Well, you're only as an January insurrectionist 6th. if you're a, if you're a conservative. They, they basically shut down speech on the floor of the House in Tennessee. These guys that went through the lack of decorum, the rules of the House. And Scotty, let's show that I other video. The and, and, the, and decorum is all you have in in these rules and decorum. Is that that is the that's the first thing you need to worry about does when you're in government. Look, does this look right here? This video that we show you. Does this look like this is peaceful? No. And watch when the video goes. These police, these state troopers, are doing their best to hold back these people yeah. who are allegedly peaceful protesters. Does that sound like peaceful? They're pushing police. They're threatening police. That's thug mentality right there. That's being a bully. You can't do that. I mean, look at that. They attack and then act like... This is the problem with national media and people who support... Hey, go protest all you want, but you can't do that. There's a line. Yeah. Yeah, Lizzie says peaceful protesters and laughs. That's now, will the, they be arrested? Will this guy that they have right here, will he be arrested? I thought it was if, a woman. I believe that's a man. And oh. if he is arrested, what are his charges going to be? Is he going to be held in solitary confinement? Is he a seditionist? I would really love they let them. They let, him, they let him back out. Yeah, see, they just pushed him back out to the crowd. Go on out there. Give him back. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, that's what they're saying. Yeah, that's so peaceful. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, it really, and you know what? And it's, it was difficult for me to find that video because guess what? Mainstream media, they don't show you that. They're showing you, they're showing the representatives on the House floor with the bullhorns. Yeah. I mean, who do you think you are to bring a bullhorn in and start screaming and yelling? That's Let's where, go do it and see what happens. Well, that's where you think that you're above the law, that you get special privilege and they special They are rights, above the law and they and, do get special privilege. And you get handout situations for whatever reason. That's not how the world works. Well, it is for them because that's exactly how it is and how it works, unfortunately. Vic, they, they do get special privilege. I feel sorry for police, legitimate police there trying to, hey, you know, we're here. We have to come up and deal with all this crap today now. And it was all over gun control. Well, there's a way to do things. And <laughs> and then now today, Tennessee's, well, oh, the Tennessee, they're just a bunch of racist men because the Tennessee House is dominated by conservatives. So they took a vote and it was overwhelming to expel these two. And the only, and the, the white woman who's 60 years old, she's not she helping. She had to it. go to. I'm sorry, you guys. She's not helping. All three the you guys yeah. sucked it up in Tennessee with with keeping her on because she was just as so much a part of it. Yes, yeah, she might not. She was a part of it. She I, might not have been as, as aggressive well. as pulling the bullhorn away. And she might have just wanted <laughs> to have the photo op of being there with those kids. But she was just as much a part of it as those other two. And I do think it's unfair that they didn't ax her as well. well they somebody, really should have. Someone needs to make a video and on one screen show the people on January 6th walking in a straight line. Oh, this is good. Through the Capitol good. building. This, walking in a straight line, staying on the carpet, walking through the Capitol line, not even going on either side of the rope and being escorted by police and ending up in prison in the D.C. Gitmo with sedition charges. Some of them staying in prison for over yeah. a year. 
year, yeah. over a year in solitary confinement, and show this disaster right next to it. And that'll, that, that says everything we need to know. It's a war, dude. It is. A, it is. One side thinks it's in a war, it's and the other side a doesn't. War. It is one side doesn't war. realize it's in a war. Oh, the, I think the Republic, all sides do. The Republicans don't realize they're in a war. They think that uh, they're like, oh my god, these guys they are do. rowdy. Oh, I no, have to don't. disagree with no, you on that. Don't. I think no. most people, maybe people who don't watch the news or know what's going on or care what's going on, but but this is definitely a war. It may not be a violent war, but it is. Oh, a war. it's violent, all right. It's violent. You're seeing these cities go down paths when they have that are violent protests. War-ish. Yes, you're seeing protesters go in and destroy Seven Elevens with Molotov cocktails, you're, and then you're seeing it's like it's like you own a house, and the and the the wasps want to take over your house, and you don't really exactly. It's like man, there's a lot of wasps around here. The, the Democrats are the wasps. They are trying to sting your ass. They are trying to get at you. But the homeowners like, man, they're just little wasps until a lot of them come at your ass. Well, they're they're doing and there are a lot of them are coming at their ass. Job. So, so as of right now, only one side thinks it's in a war. I can't agree with you on that. I think we are in a battle of all battles for the White House. I really do. Republicans don't it's, see it that way. It, when a Republican oh, puts do. his soccer balls in the bag we and puts it in the out, back of the minivan, they don't think they're in a war. But we, we well, are in a I, war. I, Eric, it's a great point. I do think Republicans get it now, but when the national media is controlled by Democrats and liberal people who are leading those newsrooms and you're getting PAC money, and I'm sorry, these are facts, you're getting PAC money, that's have that has millions of dollars being pumped in by not just George Soros groups, but other groups as well, that money comes in and then it dictates what's being said, what's being shown. And of course, the White House, this administration, the worst administration the country has ever seen, proved to me it's not. Not one good thing is going on in our country. And if there's one, that might be it. And I don't even know what that is. But they are the epitome of denying. They are the epitome of, oh, we're going to do what Al-Qaeda does. We're going to do things that are bad, illegal, dirty, and we're going to blame you for doing it. Those are tactics from the Middle East. Oh, they just, did it for, they just did it for Afghanistan And yesterday. that's exactly where I was leading into. <laughs> exactly. exactly right. Oh, John Kirby. Oh, I, we did a great job in Afghanistan. What? So they're going to frame it in the election as we did an amazing job. We would have done even better if it wasn't for Trump. Well, of course they are because they're a regime. It's not a government administration. It is literally a controlling regime. If you think about it in terms like we should, like we're a different country, not the padded, nice United States. This is a regime. The regime is in control of this country. Just be honest. The Republicans do not think that they are in a war. They don't. I will never agree with I, you I, on that. I'm what, telling you right now. What can Republicans do to show or prove to you that they are, Eric? Because I believe they are, and I believe what House, what the excuse me, House Republicans are doing. Well, they, first is of all, an example. First of all, they could have gotten off their asses and voted for a moderate mayor of Chicago. Second of but all, but those they, aren't Republicans. Well, second of all, they would have looked at the cause and effect of putting a liberal judge on the Supreme Court in Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, there's all those kinds, aren't Republicans. I, I get it, but they, uh, but these are people that don't understand what is going on with their country. I can't agree with you. And, re- and Republicans didn't get off their asses to go vote. There are Republicans in Democrat-led areas. Neither Democrat there are. or Republicans get off their behinds and go and vote. The voting percentages are so low all around. But none of it matters if they're cheating. It doesn't matter. Well, let me really talk about cheating. Not even well, cheating, though, Eric, but if you look at registered Democrats, yeah. registered Republicans yeah. in Wisconsin, I think Wisconsin has more registered Democrats. Yeah, hopefully. And let me tell you, 
I promise you 100%. I, let me ask you this. It's at least two to one or three to one Democrats to Republicans. In let Chicago. me ask you this question. And this in is the city how. Of Chicago. Because Democrats give out free stuff. Let's just say it like it is. Hold on. Let me ask you Democrats this. Democrats give out free stuff. Let's go get some free stuff, Eric. I'm going. Let's I'm go going. get some free if there stuff. Were, if Democrats weren't in charge, people wouldn't get, be getting handouts. Yeah, let me ask you guys a question. You're smart. Tabitha's smart. Scotty's smart. Our listeners are smart. Am I the only one in this room right now? When I saw the vote that came in from Chicago, right, with the way that crime is in Chicago, with the way that businesses are leaving Chicago, with, in the way that the sports franchises are losing audience all over the place. The answer is yes. Hold on. Am I the only one in this room that after they did took this vote and this new socialist Marxist guy is coming into office, defund the police kind of guy is coming into office with Kim Fox as the prosecuting attorney. Am I the only one that just went and threw his hands in the air and goes, I cannot wait to see Chicago fail. Am I the only one that does not want to see Chicago succeed right now? Am I the only one in this room that is looking forward to Chicago becoming East St. Louis? Did you see what he's? Am going I the to only? Do? I'm asking you a question. Don't don't skip past well, it. Well, because I think it's a Hold rhetorical on. question. Everybody, no one's not rhetorical. To see it's it's Chicago a legitimate fail. question to you. Are you looking at yourself going? Okay, you guys asked for it. Let's see how this works out. I don't think anyone wants to see Chicago fail, I do. especially you know I do. me coming from that area. But I will tell it's you, already it's already failed. It's already failed. People right? get what they asked for. This they isn't voted. the South Side of Chicago. It, this is all over the place. Now. They voted for this guy. He won. Well, guess what he's going to do now? One of his first actions. Am I the only one in this room that wants to that wants to see the consequences? I don't of want this no, vote. but no, I want to explain something that. to you, Eric. What's going to happen is one of the this guy, one of his first. First actions is literally he's going to tax wealthy Chicagoans so he can take that tax and give it to the Tabitha, poorer people, Tabitha, the lower Tabitha. income people. Okay, let me let me stop. He said let me this let me yesterday. stop. Let me stop. Let me back up. Am I the only one that understands what cause and effect is in this room? We all understand what cause and effect is. It doesn't okay. matter if Chicago it, None of this matters. If, if, I, if I understand cause and effect and we already know what's going to happen, you have all these Fortune 500s, then you're going to have the Fortune 1000s, then you're going to have the Fortune 5000s. They're all going to go by. Did you expect and anything then have, different then you're to happen? Have, then you will have no tax base. Did you expect anything different to happen? This was always going to happen. They, Democrats they will continue option. to vote Democrat, Eric. Yes. I don't think Dem- you're, you're right. I don't think you're what right. What have you seen yes, today? Yes, they will. You're right to date. I just think, okay, let me tell you a little. Eric, they don't pride. care Eric, if their it's city a human goes nature. into the It's drain. a pride effect. And there are so many people, educated and uneducated, in St. Louis. Let me, let me tell you a little. They're knowledge. not going to change. And you have our government who's out putting the propaganda out. Here you go. We did a great job in Afghanistan. Here you go. We're happy. Did We're you know? We're very happy. We did. did you, we brought out 124,000 people. Did you? Oh, I didn't I see people falling from airplanes or burning to death in planes and all the people who helped us being killed once we left. Did you know that you can go a mile faster than you can go an eighth of a mile? You've said something like this before. Did you know that if if given the choice... But how does this change a Democrat's... If given the choice, you can go a mile faster than you can go an eighth of a mile, Right. And it's an analogy. It's out. So the reason I'm saying that is if you take if you take time, if you if you have to go an eighth of a mile, you will walk it, won't you? You'll be like, you know what? I'm not going to get in my car. I'm not going to go get my keys. I'm not going to waste the gas. I'm just going to walk the eighth of a mile. Walking an eighth of a mile takes you about five minutes. If you have to go a mile, if you have to go one mile, you can get there in about 45 seconds in your car. So you're going to jump in the car so you can get a mile. You'll, most people will go a mile faster than they'll go an eighth of a mile. My, my point is this. 
if we can blow these cities up and and people oh. and they're already starting to see this, like the the killing and can't get the into killing local in San Francisco. Again. It's not what are you talking work. about? That's what we're talking about here. No. If you if you see these people, are you just had that high tech guy get killed out in San Francisco? There was a backlash. There were Democrats on camera, influencers saying San Francisco is officially a S show. Yeah. So what does it mean? It means that the faster that these cities. So when's a Republican going to be elected? Never. I disagree. Never. It'll never happen. I disagree. I think it's, I think it's Three coming. Three to one Democrats to Republicans and the registered Democrats to Republicans in the state of California. I'm saying that the nuclear. I'm saying Eric, that I want these cities bad, to fail faster change. so that the good people of it'll Chicago never, go, we have made a bad choice. It'll never happen, Eric. And, and I realize you don't listen to me, but please listen to this. Please listen. Democrats, so you're hoping Chicago fails? No. Sh- Democrats? No. I don't want it to fail said. either. I know it's going to fail. So you I'm know trying to say something, but I guess I'm not going to get to say it. Go ahead, Tab. Please, for the love of God, can I just say what? something? At, what say if I it. said no? <laughs> for Chicago, people, Democrat voters, Democrat voters want free stuff. And I'm sorry, but they do. They want free stuff. They don't want to have to renew their license plate tags. They don't want to have to pay uh, their registration fees each year. They don't want to have to pay for vehicle insurance. And then they vote for people like this guy. Uh, what is it? Johnson? Brandon, Brandon Johnson? Brandon Johnson, who is Chicago, more progressive than Lori Lightfoot. Because he's going to defund police. He's already said he's going to. The first day in office, he is going to take tax the wealthy to give to the poor. And people are going to continue to vote for that. It will never so- Oh, you're the saying cycle that you, will never so end. So you're saying you want this social experiment to I'm fail. I'm not saying I want it to fail. I did, I don't, that's that not what I'm hearing. It's I don't want it to fail, to but it's you, going. You don't want it to... I would move there. If you could cut crime down and I, and you gave me yes, free stuff, Eric, I would move there. Eric, I but love But we you. all know what's going to happen. Eric, you're like that wishful, hopeful 12-year-old kid that's getting ready to go to the park. I know those lines aren't going to be long, and I'm going to have such a great time today. And I'm, I'm telling you, Eric, I love you. But it's not going to change. I don't understand how because they don't get it, Eric. I feel like I'm on who's Democrats on are not going to change to be Republicans. It's a pride issue that I talk about all the time here. Do you realize if Democrats would stop shooting people, gun violence would drop by like ninety five? That's what Tabitha said. I just said that the other day here in the city of St. Louis. If it weren't for black on black crime, and this is not a racist statement, it's not a. Racist. It is literally a fact. One hundred percent because it's gang crime. It's gang crime here in the city of St. Louis. We are the murder capital of the country. Because of black on black crime, because of game right. and drug crime. And guess what? If you took away the gang and drug crime, we would be one of the safest cities in the entire country. I, I don't even know how we got on Brandon Johnson. Because uh, it, did, it all folds into each other. How? It we all were, folds into each other. We were talking about the Afghanistan situation with the United States and the Democrats presenting this message. That, hey, everything is great. We did a really good job. I don't want to even talk about Afghanistan. Everybody knows that the Biden administration screwed everything up, and they're trying to put a pin on on Trump. What else do you want to say? That, that's what I was getting to. It's like, what else do you want to say? Are you I mean, kidding it's, me? It's disgusting, and it's and it's gross, and it and it shows partisanship at our executive but, level, and it's it's just disgusting. But Tabitha, do you think that's good for Trump? Once again, it shows that Democrats cannot get over. Donald no Trump. they're setting up an argument so they that when they have the debate him. they're setting up an argument so when the TV ads come out the Democrats will be able to say look at what Trump did well, in Afghanistan he would destroy him in a debate over that 
Well, that's for dumb. people who actually know what happened, and there, unfortunately there's so few people who actually know the truth about what happened, they probably will blame it on Trump. I know Democrats blame it on Trump, and I'm not just talking about Democrat leaders, but Democrat people. But if we go back and we look at Afghanistan, Trump already had a plan in place for withdrawal. And he had a plan for a slow withdrawal, slowly taking our troops out of Afghanistan. But where the Biden administration messed up is that they were warned, they were warned by the president of, was it Ghani, was that, that his name, of Afghanistan, that, hey, we have a problem here where the Taliban are taking control. They've invited terrorists from all across the country, all across the Middle East, to come here uh, to Afghanistan. And we're, we're all fleeing. And guess what Biden did? Nothing. He didn't do a darn thing. He could have started withdrawing our troops then. He waited till Ghani took all the money from the country and fled. Thank you. And then by then it was too late. That he, he had a warning of six months to start withdrawing our troops and he didn't do it till the last day. Reports have now come out that Biden didn't even want to hear the report. He said it was- That's right. He said it was too long because it was 30 minutes. Then he was told, what if we cut it down to 15 minutes so you can hear this? And he's like, nah, that, uh, I'm moving on. Time for my Ben and Jerry's ice cream. But yet you still have people. Eric, this is the problem with humans. You, you, Eric, you're intelligent. You think rationally. You think logically. I'm sorry. Most people that <laughs> they're just not going to change in these cities. These de- and not just the cities. Well, but then again, I'm glad. Democrats don't change Look, the Republicans. Again, I don't and want Republicans anybody. For the most part, don't change. I just the don't Democrats. understand you guys. I don't. I don't. You guys want to see Chicago th- flourish no, and I, succeed under I these don't, things? I, I mean, do, I don't get it. But Eric, it's not about how what we I, want. I don't we understand. don't have any control over it. We so I, I said here, I'm with popcorn, watching <laughs> Chicago go into a, a malaise of, of disgustingness and nobody lives there anymore and Fortune 500s are moving out of there left and right, I'm happy about that because it finally shows right that the cause and effect of putting these ridiculous principles Chicago, in are never going to work. Chicago is very different and than it, St. Louis, Eric. It's not the I, same. Again, I don't I'm I might there. have to take a break today. I am from Chicago. I might have can to I, take a break from the show today I because I can't Chicago figure you out. To Go people ahead. who yes. don't live there and have not spent any time there. Yes. Not all of Chicago is bad. When you go down to St. It's Louis not, City, because mm, you're, you're just listening to what you hear on the news. I, I've been there. It, well, I was just I there. I lived there. I, I lived there until you, I was 16 years old. You haven't been there in a while. You haven't yes, been there in a while. No, I have been, friends that live there. There's people who feel, there's people in Chicago. Not all of is bad. No, it's not was I was there two weeks ago. You can still go, but maybe you were in the wrong part. There are still what you see? Chicago, the, the Chicago, the, what'd you see? What'd you see and what'd you think? I saw the Magnificent Mile is exactly, bad now. Exactly what but I there saw. are some very I good... Exactly I want to hear what Eric I saw cars underneath the, the, the loop, uh, the train, that were completely abandoned and, and flamed out. I saw uh, stores that used to be there when I was there 10 years prior that are completely closed now. I saw busted in windows all over the place. I saw... No cops anymore. There used to be cops all over the place. Um, I, it was, it was, I saw trash. I saw places. We went to a, a gas station that basically, um, I mean, it was just not a good environment. Okay? And, and what I'm saying is that, and it goes back to my, you can go a mile faster than you can an eighth of a mile. That's why I'm saying I would like to see this experiment over quickly. Do you understand what I'm saying? I want people to understand the cause and effect of what's going on. No, Not over it. 10 years, Tabitha. I get it. I maybe get it. over, how about a year? I think 
think all of us and, understand what you're saying, but well, you're not listening. You're you're talking, but you're not listening. And the fact is, is well, that these people in these cities, they will let that city disintegrate into absolutely nothing till it looks like East St. Louis, and it will never change. But there are a lot of people in the Chicago area. I know people that I went to high school with who still live there. And they love living in Chicago. There are yes. parts of Chicago around Wrigley Field. There's parts uh, in... Kathy Helbig sent her daughter to Chicago to live by herself, and she loved it. There's a lot loves of areas it. you can go. There's places Safe. in Chicago in the city but, where but, I walk and have but no most problem. Most of it isn't. Good I get luck. it. I get it, Eric. Most the south side is bad. The north side is fine. Much of downtown is perfectly fine. It's not as bad as it sounds. But okay. Brandon Johnson is not the answer to make things He is better. definitely not the <laughs> because answer. Because we all know it takes police. It takes deterrence to crime and if you don't have the deterrence to crime crime is going to continue to go up even though that's not the democratic call well well we're going to reimagine it's it's bad so but I let mean, me just clarify we, let me clarify if there was a city where they gave me everything free tickets to baseball games and, and hockey games and there was no crime limited crime I would move there in a dead second and if you had the miracle mile open for business and you could walk the entire miracle mile under liberal socialist policies i'd go damn you guys knocked it out of the park i you love it you still can just like you can go downtown to washington avenue okay. right now and not have any problem at all most of chicago's problems are on the south side tabitha no, and I even when i okay. lived there you couldn't go on the. Right, south i did side. not want to talk crime on a friday i don't either City i crime. hate talking about crime <laughs> however however Coming up, this is cancel this cancel the show.com. Coming up here at nine o'clock, we're going to get into our Friday as we talk spiritual things when it comes. It is Holy Friday. We're going to get into why and just explain all the people whose bodies still lay as if they were alive, saints, hundreds of years, the Shroud of Turin, the science behind it. I cannot wait to get into this stuff. Why are you giving me that weird look, Tabitha? Because I have an answer for some of it, and I can't right. wait to tell you. All right. Do we, no, do we have a guest that's my... going to talk to us about this? You're being like Eric now. You're not reading your notes. I did read my notes. I just didn't have that's much embarrassing. time. My, that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing, Tabitha. I did read my Michael notes. Boy. I just didn't have much time to read my notes. You did, Eric thought today was still uh, IT talk. Um, yeah. So that's coming up at AI 9 o'clock. You and, and I'm a bass player. That's part of that Friday <laughs> free-for-all. I know, exactly. Um, but before we get to that, um, Tabitha, you've been all about insects. NPR now claiming that it's not a conspiracy theory of from Of course elites. they are, coming from NPR. They're going to be giving out uh, bag sacks of crickets for their giveaways no, from now on. But here's the thing. there. This was an interesting thing that came down. Report from Russia. I I'm, I don't know if this is one of your brick steals. Russia and China promoting they will never eat insects in their country. That's correct. What the hell? Why are they putting that propaganda out now? Because is it they're to make fighting fun? against globalism and part of eating crickets Eric, this and is bugs legit. and worms this is, is globalism. I agree. I know. You're it's a difference between globalism and non-globalism because they want Again. globalism. They want to take our farms away from us. They want to take livestock away. They want to scrape a couple cells off of a cow Ugh. and make milk, cheese and all this other junk and have you eat lab grown meat. That is where we in the Western world world are going where the other countries are like we are never going to be globalists we are never going to force our people to eat crickets they call it the alternative protein right now and it is real it is not conspiracy yummy eric i'm reading robert says all insects have parasites oh absolutely that's why they call them insects oh my god and we're actually being told that this is 
Okay, what I don't get is why is NPR on board with this, Tabitha, in regards to saying that it's not a conspiracy theory or it is a conspiracy theory that elites are trying to do this. We have evidence where we do have elites in the Bill Gates of the world who are promoting insects. We have Nicole Kidman sitting on a YouTube video eating out of these different plates of various insects, oh. telling people, oh, I'm going to eat this mealworm. Oh, I'm going to eat this cricket. I mean, that because that is what the elite folks in this country want us to do. They're still going to eat their meat. They're still going to eat their eggs and their chickens and their beef, but they want us to eat insects. We're, we're turning into a situation almost like serfdom. We've already known we were the worker bees, but now they're making what is it serfdom? so much. Serfdom, I don't know. Educate me here. Meaning it's that, like a plebeian serf from the, uh, from the 1400s. It's like you had the people that had the, the rags and they would go till the farms and then you had the elite in the castles. That would exactly all, that. You know, they were high life. The high life. And we that, are not the high life. And we've always known this, but they're making it so much more obvious and that, and that happened during COVID when they had the redistribution of wealth and they took all of the money up to the top. Well, you know what's coming back down is is literally crickets and mealworms. And and they we already know. That's why they're talking about climate change. Oh, we're, we don't need livestock. We don't need farms. We're going to take ranchers away from their land so that they cannot ranch And Jamie Dimon the other day from uh, the good people over there at Capital One are saying we might have to use eminent domain to take away land from they, Well, they owners. want to take land. They started with the many years ago, actually. Many, many years ago, they started to take land away from generational farmers and ranchers. Wow. And they're going to continue to do it. And then when Either they take they that land, the government so takes it over. Either they are so scared of this climate change crap. They're not. Or it's they just, sham. it's a big power play because Jamie Dimon is like, play. we got the money to go get this land if the government lets us but why do we want the land according to james to to put in uh f um solar farms wind farms to take away cows being produced on them to because take all away the greenhouse gases yeah, yeah. because the, the cows for god's sakes are killing the climate and animals are killing our bodies they want to control what we put into our bodies and that is what globalism is all about and that's exactly and these, why china and Russia i i, I can are coming see out the picture it. coming together now they are brainwashing these little these little kid soldiers saying Good we've point. we've got your back so that in 20 years they'll be able to slip the the high protein roach steak on your plate at outback steakhouse and they'll be like this is what we were talking about we're saving the planet and these are the people that they're actually targeting the transgendered kids the kids that they're trying to what do you call it groom or what do you, well, they're what do you, whatever you call well, it well brainwashing but brainwashing, they're, they're trying yes. to I, I know you guys thought so they're, was, they're not looking at us they're you, not looking at Tabitha to go have a beautiful uh, cricket french fry. That's not what they're... They're looking at the kids and they're going to promote this and they're going to say this will not only be better for you, but now you can save the planet. Well, like That's was, where they're Like target. I was telling you guys the other day, and I know you guys looked at me like I had 10 heads. I am not kidding you. I am hearing reports that eventually globalism, new world order, is going to leave, lead us, the slaves, the serfs, the worker bees. We're going to be... They want to change us to a diet of... Crickets, mealworms, um, that's going to be the base of our diet, along with other liquid forms that are made in the lab. Question. Yeah, but there's so much when you say that, Tabitha. I, I get it, but you know what? Where are I'm, you hearing this? On chat rooms? Where's your source? Well, Where's the you know, source? Now you sound like Eric. Where's What's the your source? source? You know, everything starts from where it All it takes is one leaks. person to say, hey, I heard this, and they put it online. Well, you can go out and look it, look it up yourself. And, and I'm uh, not saying I disagree. Oh, I know you're not. I know you're I'm not. I'm just because... I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, read th I stay up all night and I read. But this is one of the things that I... I <laughs> keep hearing about and yes, that I've been reading do. more about yeah. and they're talking about how just like baby formula is made 
in a lab. Yeah. And they, you know, now there's such a push for protein shakes. And they're trying to tell people you can get all your nutrition in a bottle of a, a drink of some sort. And you can. And so they're trying to move away but, from us eating meat and all of these other let me, let me say foods this. that we normally eat and and into lab-grown yeah, nobody meat, wants to lab-grown eat a drinks. green cricket, that's for sure. But <laughs> I will say this. You know, they can make a point saying whatever they engineer is food. Right now, if you know anything about nutrition, you know that a Pop-Tart's the worst thing you can put in your body. 100. Not according to the food pyramid. Uh, and and yeah, gummies. Really. I'm sorry, gummies. And gummy bears. Gummies are some of the worst things oh, you can put. Oh, it is. Gelatin is so bad for your body. So they can make a case Stay to say- away from that stuff. They can make a case oh, to say that these fantastic tasting green crickets from Wisconsin, you got to buy a bag today. Because kids will they'll look into that. You could sell it, Eric, at a heartbeat. Yeah, no doubt. You could. Wait a minute. It's marketing already there. <laughs> so, it's already on packages. That's People so have to start looking Damn at it. packages because bugs are already they're already starting to get put into your food as fillers. Kachava? John says it's kachava. Look it up. That's correct. What, what is kachava? What is that? What is it? I need to know right if now. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it's like a, a, a bug protein. A bug protein. They're taking bugs and what they're doing is they're making them into like a powder or a, a slush and they're adding it to our food. And it's on the label, but it's yeah. under crazy names. I, I thought that was the one that's Kachava. He can clarify for us. Mm. But there are so many. And, you know, they've been using beetles and different things for food coloring for many years. So some of it's not new, well, but so much of it well, is new. It seems like they can't Well, Robert this reminds us that all green technologies, and this gets into that, are owned by China. It's their number one priority. No surprise there. Um, Donna as something I brought up last week that I started to learn about with soy. Soy is estrogen. Be very careful when you're Ooh. eating a lot of, I'm sorry. I avoid soy, soy at all wow. costs. It is. And if that was one of the studies that it was sent to me, if you want your kids or yourself when they're in their growing ages mm -hmm. to reach their full potential with bone growth, you yeah. stay away from soy. Okay. Makes sense. That's you don't know what's in your food. You gotta go do your research because it's why America's fat and it takes um, sawdust is a filler and shredded bag cheeses. Well, you know, back in nineteen eighty something, I saw the documentary of what is in a hot dog. I don't you ever. I don't recommend any of you ever go watch that documentary because you don't want that. We're already eating. Never mind. Mm, back to the COVID. Damn, I just made myself sick by thinking about it. I was looking up cachava because I wanted to cachava. see what I thought it was. Yeah. Um, will it happen? It's actually a dream. Not in this generation. And you'll have a bunch of 60-year-olds, uh, 70-year-olds kicking and screaming all the way to the Roos Chris Steakhouse. But I'm telling you right now, after seeing that, that uh, you know, there's no decorum in our state capitals anymore. This generation thinks they are entitled to everything. There's going to be a TikTok video saying how these crickets are the most nutritious thing on the planet and they taste great and it will start a trend amongst the younger people to only eat not salads but these crickets or whatever it is that they're selling and it might catch on it's kind of like tesla it is it's, it it's kind of like on. tesla you wouldn't think that a battery powered car would catch on because they don't have the infrastructure to actually fulfill the need of electric cars but it is starting to catch on I may end up being like Tabitha. I'm going to eat berries and nuts today. I am not when, kidding you. I've been when eating When I read what Paul just wrote, give me my berries and my nuts. I have been eating berries and nuts The every FDA day. have allowances for rat 
and mice feces and that's food yeah. always been that way yeah. that we go go get yourself an oscar meyer hot dog manufacturing plants it's in oh. and animal hairs too that's all part of fiber that they yeah. consider and that's why people should oh eat what God. they call ultra processed food okay because it has <coughs> those options airball yeah. But there, but you know, think about this: when they're having celebrities, Schweiger still sold. I'm sorry, Tabitha. What were you? Brown Schweiger's disgusting. Whenever they're having celebrities make commercials, yeah, that's eating scary. bugs. I mean, obviously oh, they're trying to good. influence people. There's no question about it. It is a superfood drink, so it's good. Cachava. Well, I don't know. No, it's it, you I just, just put that up there. I did. I because somebody said cachava, and I thought they were talking about the bug paste, but it's not. It's a superfood drink. Uh oh. But if you look at it, it has a lot of digestive issues. Okay. I thought you were going to get into the I word, which we don't see. No, 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 no. The I paste. No. Not <laughs> hey, we're going to take. Paste. All right, we'll take a quick break. It's time for a quick break to get to our advertisers or sponsors. Please check them out. Please, please, please check them out. Okay, when we come back, Michael Vores from St. Michael's Media, we're going to talk about some spiritual things, miracles, and all of the supernatural that's out there because it is a Friday. It's a free-for-all Friday, Conspiracy Theory Friday, Paranormal Friday. Our AI Friday is next week. So stay with us, join. This will be a great conversation coming up in just two minutes. This is Cancel This, CancelThisShow.com. Scotty Gherkin here, Eric Johnson, Tab of the Hassle. I'm Vic Faust, Lizzie Sparks, not in studio today, but she's running the chat lines from the city of Chicago. Stay safe, Lizzie. Stay She's safe. In Chicago? Yeah. Back with more. Cancel oh! this right after this. <laughs> hey guys, this is Dr. Mahesh Bagwe. I'm an orthopedic surgeon here in St. Louis for over the last 20 years. I went to Washington University. I got my medical degree at St. Louis University. From local high school athletes, college athletes, weekend warriors, injured workers, and even Cardinal baseball players, I've treated them all. Our practice strives to personalize care with every new patient being seen by me. To find me, contact my staff at drbagwe.com. That's D R. B-A-G-W-E dot com. Hopefully you don't need me, but if you do, you can find me now. White Glove Exotic Services is St. Louis's first concierge vehicle service center. Alex David's team is passionate, certified technicians. They have industry-leading tools and equipment. They do it all. They pick up and deliver your car hands-free. Plus, they have elite detailing service, customized PPF wraps and tenting, and inspection and titling assistance. White Glove also specializes in logistics and storing options, vehicle listings, and consignment. White Glove Exotic Services. Check them out at cancelthisshow.com. Marco, wait. What? No response? Hi, I'm Curtis Barks with Complete Auto Body and Repair, offering full service and auto repair to St. Louis and St. Charles. We are looking for someone to say polo. That's right. We are hiring. We want you now. If you would like to work in a well-paying environment, then you owe it to yourself to stop by one of our six Complete Auto Body and Repair locations. Will you help me find that missing person? Please call me directly at 636-488-HIRE. That's right. 636-488-4473. Dad and service. Oh yeah, and service. <laughs> Carroll House has the largest selection of solid wood with the hottest new styles. Real furniture that's built to last. Like our solid bedrooms, living rooms, and dining from Kincaid. Our volume enables us to save you a lot of money, especially during a solid wood sale. Plus, get free financing, fast free delivery, and free in-home design. So for solid wood, sweet styles, and solid service since 1964, shop over three football fields of furniture at Carroll House. Because you like nice things.
Hey guys, welcome back in to Cancel This. I'm Vic Faust with Tabitha Hassel, Eric Johnson here. And of course, we've got Scotty Gherkin here. It is a Friday. We appreciate everybody joining us on this holy Friday, April 7th. If you didn't know what we do, we are based live out of the St. Louis, Missouri area national show. We cover news, news headlines, politics. We have all kinds of interviews and we continue to move through. With that being said, um, we are rocking and roll. We'll be talking with Michael Vores here in just a second. Um, I'm actually talking to him now. Anyway, um, if you have any story ideas, cancel culture related politics, let us know. We'll go ahead. We'll rock and roll. We'll get the things done for you. We'll get those interviews. We'll bring them to you um, when it comes to that as well. Tabitha, you got any big plans this weekend? I do not have any big plans this weekend. Sleep. That's what I need. Real sleep. Oh, you. <laughs> I'm going to go farm my bugs and seeds and berries this week. Is, is there, and if there's a point you can make about that when we close up that topic, please do so right now. Yeah. You want to let people know about when you were talking about. about. About food. Yeah. I mean, our food these days, it is literally, it's poison. Scotty, he has chickens, don't you, Scotty? You, if you're not, if you're literally not growing your own food, if you don't pull the crop out of your own dirt, it's not, it, we, you don't know what's in it. It's antibiotics and chemicals and additives. And I am 100% not kidding when I said I've switched to a diet of seeds, nuts, dried berries, and other things I can source myself. If you don't source your own food, if you don't buy your meat or other products from actual farmers, Yum. we are, we're, I mean, we're, I'm not kidding you. We are destroying our bodies with this Franken food, Franken destroying food. it. No wonder people are so yeah. sick and they want us sick. Mm-hmm. We're sick because of the food they feed us and the g- control the government has over our food supply. And if we don't take control over our own bodies and our own food sources, mm-hmm. we're going to be sick because that's how they want us. True that's story. how they make money. True story, Tabitha. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it's up to you to know what's good and what's bad and put in your own body. You can go to whole. Eric's like, I'm going to get a cheeseburger after the show. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. The good <laughs> cheeseburger, I'll tell you that. Go to the high point sometime. It's delicious. See, I don't like, I don't like their cheeseburgers. Because you're communist, that's no, why. No, no. If, if I'm going to eat a cheeseburger, I just want cheese and meat. And maybe a lettuce, maybe a tomato if it's like a real tomato, but you can't yeah. find real tomatoes these days. But I don't want blueberry compote on my cheeseburger. You know, there's, or I, bacon I don't think jam, it's, I don't think it's what, all I, this weird junk. So I don't, I don't think it's, it's so much what the government is putting in front of us. I think that moms and dads that don't have a lot of money, they go to, they go to Schnook. They don't even go to Schnooks. They go to Aldi and they get the cheap Pop Tarts for their kids and they get the cheap bread and they make the cheap sandwiches and it's efficient and it's cheap and that's okay. That's how, that's the, that's the life it, that I came that's from. Okay. That's the life it's I came from. Okay. But when I was in other parts of the country, you wouldn't see, there were certain people you would never catch not going into a, a Whole Foods. How about this, Eric? Into These a are... Whole Foods and getting kale for their for their uh, eight grain whole bread kale sandwich. But things are changing even more than so that. So you have to know you have to know yourself. You have to know what's good in your body, and what, you have to take what that about, responsibility. What about buying a grain mill, greening your own flour? Or Go ahead, do it. I'll buy it. Uh, I'm know, not doing it. You go your do own it. barley and making your own bread. You know, people are stepping up yeah. their game when it comes to taking control of their health. I see more and more people making their own nut milks. People making their own grain. Things are really changing. Are you making your own nut milk yet? 
<laughs> no. actually, I, I just oh, want to hear her say nut milk three times in a row. There's actually a machine out there called Nutter. And it, there you go. And I hope you, I, I'm not please kidding. tell me you recorded that. I, I got it all. Oh, yeah. It's like $200. I got it all. Nutter. I was waiting for her sound drop. No, it's to hit. phenomenal. You buy it and you buy your own organic <laughs> oh, nuts no. or you grow them no. and you make your she own. She said nut organic milk. nutter. I'm ready to eat nuts and berries. I am. Hey, hey I'm, I'm on the same I, train. I mean, I'm sure, Vic, you went through a, a, a phase of your life. Where you were looking at the ingredients and things, and I still more so now than ever. Yeah, I've you'll older. you'll buy something that's 180 calories, and you'll choose it over something over 200 calories. I am so uneducated. I'm trying to learn. And all these, Any, Eric, by the way, and many people are coming the, commenting about this in the comment line. They have really become a healthy store. A lot of they have aisles that, of baby? healthy foods. Aldi's. Aldi's. Aldi's has aisles of healthy food. Okay, cool. That's the staple market for that. I love it. Cool. Hey, guys, uh, as we switch gears here, we now welcome in uh, Michael Voris, the founder and president of St. Michael's Media, church militant, a media enterprise established to address the serious erosion of the Catholic faith. He is STB. Um, that is a title that he has earned over the years. Uh, he went to the University of Notre Dame. Mm. Uh, then, after graduating from the University of Notre Dame, um, he started St. Michael's Media. Um, he received his Sacred Theology Bachelorette uh, from the Pontifical University of St. Thomas Aquinas in Rome. And um, he speaks all over the world. Uh, he joined us on radio a few years ago as well. We thought it'd be great to talk to him about some of the miracles and just incredible things that have happened um, that we see that we take for granted, especially on this Holy Friday. Mike, welcome into Cancel This. We appreciate it. Thanks very much, Vic. Appreciate it. How you guys doing? Very good. Hey, first of all, tell everybody what you do and how they can uh, find you because what you have going on right now and... Um, you were basically doing, I call it podcast and TV stuff, what we do now for years before anybody else. Now you have a worldwide following. Yeah, actually, that's uh, true. So in the Catholic world, we were sort of the trailblazers of putting video on the Internet. We go so far back putting video on the Internet that uh, back in the days when YouTube could only take 10 minutes and 16 seconds. <laughs> we know that because that was our border. Uh, we used to chop up one of our shows we were airing on local television here in Detroit and reduce it down to exactly 10 minutes and 16 seconds. No one else in the Catholic world and very, very few people uh, who are baptized but not Catholic were doing that. So yeah, we've been doing that since 2006. So uh, it goes back, goes back quite a ways. Before the days of being canceled yeah exactly <laughs> oh yeah long before nobody even knew the word canceled unless you were talking about your dinner reservation <laughs> how many times have you been canceled mike oh gosh uh we've knocked off our video player we're on splc's hate list we were mentioned and discussed in the fbi dossier that came out what uh, got leaked in january oh, i'm sorry got put out in the system in january and leaked in february uh, yeah, we're all over the place. Uh, you know, what was the server, FBI investigating? Servers, everybody. What was the <laughs> FBI even investigating with you guys? Uh, they, their report was that uh, uh, traditional Catholics, which I guess I'd kind of object to the term, traditional versus, well, I mean, faithful Catholics mm -hmm. uh, pose a threat of domestic terrorism and violence uh, in overthrowing the government. What? Yeah, oh, my gosh. I remember. I, I remember. We talked Senator about it Josh on the show. Hawley, wow. Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri actually grilled 
Merrick Garland, Attorney General. Oh, we did run that, Tabitha. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, that's that report is what all of that was about. Oh wow, wow, that is impressive. <laughs> all right. I know we were talking about <laughs> miracles that, today. About it. I know you want to talk about it. miracles and stuff, but my, this is fascinating. I, I should have assumed <laughs> that you guys were a part of that. <laughs> of course, you should have. <laughs> hey, Mike, we, we were calling this bunch communists long before Candace Owen just put up a thing and said uh, t- today or yesterday put up a tweet and said it's time for us to start calling them what they are they're communists and I responded back to her and said Candace church militant St. Michael's media has been doing that for over 10 years yeah you know, so is Tabitha try, try keep up. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Maybe yeah, Tabitha could come work for you guys as well, Mike. It is a it is a Friday, and we'll get into some other things here. But um, you're one of the most knowledgeable men when it comes to a lot of these miracles and the faith and the church uh, over the years that I've ever met. And and I know I met you for a reason, uh, and a good part of my faith was because of this. But we wanted to talk about some of these things on our Friday because we keep it wide open when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to paranormal, when it comes to UFOs. We have a free-for-all Friday. We have fun, and that's what we talk about. But on this Holy Friday, let's break down the the Shroud of Turin and the evidence behind it. I mean, we actually have physical evidence, scientific evidence, that has been left behind verifying Jesus and what happened. Yeah, the Shroud of Turin, uh, for those who are not familiar with it, is the burial cloth of our blessed Lord. Um, it was Jewish custom in the day, 2,000 years ago, uh, that when you laid someone in the tomb, uh, you took a very long white cloth, you laid them on the first half of it, and you draped it over the uh, over the top of them. So the cloth has, if you were to take the body out, it would have an imprint, so to speak, on the you know the the bottom part of the sheet uh, of the backside. That's it right there, and the uh, top half would have obviously the front of the body. Um, the uh, interesting thing about this, the history of it is it appears in recorded history, it appears, well, aside from the Gospels, there was a, and, and there's a very interesting point here. It says in, I believe it's, I can't believe it's John's Gospel or Matthew's Gospel, doesn't matter which one. It says that when they went into the tomb, when Mary Magdalene raced to the apostles and said, hey, hey, I've seen the Lord. And, they, and Peter and John went running there. Peter goes into the tomb. John waits for him because he's younger and outruns him, but he waits for him out of respect for Peter and his leadership role and waits for him at the tomb. And then they go into the tomb. And there's a mention that there were two cloths. One was wrapped up and put at the one end and a smaller cloth was wrapped up and put on the other end. Mm. Because what they used to do was, uh, in the Jewish burial tradition, they'd do that cloth, but they would also put a, a light, a, think of it maybe the size of a pillowcase over the face of, uh, uh, of the dead. Mm-hmm. And then they'd wrap the cloth and, and tie them, bound them, put them in you know, various spices and things like that. It, that's what the women on Easter Sunday morning were going to the tomb to finish because they're not allowed to do that on the Sabbath or the Passover, which is what that Saturday was. So they took Jesus off the cross Friday, put him in the tomb and did kind of a really quick, hey, we got to get this done before the sun sets because it's the Sabbath. The next day was Passover. And then obviously they go back Sunday morning very early to sort of finish the burial 
uh, anointings and spices and all of that stuff. Um, so the, re the record we have that there was a shroud he was buried in is right there in the Gospels. So this shroud, which is known as the Shroud of Turin, uh, after Turin, Italy, which is where it is now housed and has been for about 500 years, uh, the history of it uh, is recorded in various parts of uh, Western civilization, appears in the East uh, in recorded history around 300 or 400. Uh, it travels to a few different places in Europe. Uh, it takes up home in uh, France in a silver reliquary, the big sort of chest box thing, uh, that was placed on an altar in a cathedral in France and was kept by one of the royal families there for a few centuries. There was a fire in that cathedral and the flames got so intense that some of the silver of the uh, container that it was in, the reliquary, dripped onto the cloth. And if you guys can put the picture back up again, I can show you where those stains are. If you see those little... Um, uh, I don't. I don't have an ability to move, but those little kind of uh, long stretches there. Yes. Where the uh -huh. uh, there's one, two. There's uh, on going down each side. Yep. There's four on each side. So the cloth was folded over, and when the when the melting silver tinged the cloth, uh, uh, those little burn marks were put into it. Yep. It was rescued, obviously, because there it is. It was rescued and uh, an order of nuns sewed it up and repaired the damage. Uh, shortly after that, it was transferred to Turin, Italy, where it now is housed. Um, in 18, I believe it was 1890 or so, a photographer took a picture of it. Mm -hmm. But back then, pictures were reduced to negatives. It's not like your cell phone. And... When he developed the picture, he saw in the negative, you had a picture up already of uh, our Lord's face. Uh, when the, you know, whatever's light is dark and whatever's dark is light. So that is the image of our blessed Lord in the tomb laying there. Um, so when that picture emerged, I mean, you could see the faint image uh, on the, just by the naked eye over there on your screen left. Uh, but it was the it was the advent of photography which actually brought out the fullness of all of that. So it's kind of in reverse. Um, when that happened in the late 1890s, and this kind of got around the world like, holy Moses, we sort of thought this was Jesus's burial cloth, but we can actually see an image of what he looked like immediately after the crucifixion. Uh, you know, laying there in the tomb. Um, uh, so a whole bunch of scientific research started. Uh, on the things they, they wanted to date the shroud they wanted to test the the serum uh blood serum that was on it that's what i uh, want to do i want to get into the science i of thought it. that they did dna didn't they, they do did. dna testing on the shroud they did dna and carbon okay i thought so yeah, they, did, they did carbon testing they did dna te they did they've done the pollen testing uh they did the dna testing they've done all sorts of things so and here's the interesting point the, the other cloth that I mentioned called the sudarium, which laid over the face, that particular cloth has been for 14, 1500 years in Spain. Uh, that was always known. This is the cloth that laid over the face of Jesus hmm. in the tomb. And uh, that, uh, you know, obviously back in the, you know, first millennia and up until even recently, they weren't able to do DNA testing. 
So they were actually able to do DNA testing on the blood on both of those uh, uh, cloths, those linens. They both came back AB positive, uh, which is the universal uh, uh, blood donor part. So anybody can have AB blood transfused into them. It is the universal blood, which certainly on a scientific level is very interesting that those two cloths match up like that. Uh, and secondly, on a theological, spiritual level, that the blood of Christ can be united to any single individual on earth who so wants that transfusion uh, is, uh, is quite a moving thing. It's that science and faith kind of blending together thing. And you won't find that any more than here. Uh, I'll let you guys ask questions and things in a second. Just the one last thing, the image on the shroud. The question is, how did that image get on the shroud? That's a, that's been the like the baffling question, yeah. because the image doesn't the image is only on the very I mean it, it's linen, and the image is only on the very top surface. It mm. doesn't go all the way through. It's only on the very top surface of those threads, those linen threads, and uh, the latest scientific research says that the amount of energy that would have blasted forth to create that image, like an instant singe, you know, right. you've seen those pictures, for example, like an of the, 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 the atomic bombs yeah. having dropped in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and that the blast, the intensity of the blast was so intense yeah. that while the people were vaporized, their shadows Correct. were burned onto the ground. Right. Well, that doesn't even begin to match this. The image, uh, the the amount of energy released, uh, there is no way, nothing. We have no technology on Earth that could that could make that amount of energy in that quick wow. thing, something like three hundred gigatons. So fascinating. Uh, gigawatts of energy, which is essentially a little bit hotter than the sun. So, so what, right because there was so no that was in in theory that's not even the most that the 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 moment that he died in theory would have been the most energy well because there was no and, decompensation I, or you know if, if if the if the body I'm if the body had decomposed I'm trying to say it, it would leave something like that but the body didn't decompose because correct. obviously he he rose so it had to have caused something like well, that let's, is it okay what, to, is it okay what that, picture, what that picture is on the shroud because if you if do, uh, do you guys have a, a picture of the full negative, or just have the face of? The no, negative? we had it. I up. just had those two pictures. We did have it up. Okay, it put put up the face again, and let me show. Let me point something out to you. The uh, uh, the if notice the way his hair is falling. Okay. If you're laying down flat, your hair falls back. Yeah. His hair is straightforward. Okay. As a matter of fact, so are his feet. His feet are hanging like this. You know, dead man's feet are like this. Right, right. When you're laying down, yes. you know, they kind of lay at an angle. His <laughs> Scotty, are you like working this. on that, buddy? Say it again? No, I was talking to Scotty. Oh. Oh, you didn't um, hear it. We've been waiting. Can you pop the picture back up? He asked you to pop the picture back up. Okay. So, so no, the, the face. The feet are, are down. Okay, yeah, there's hard. the face. If you don't have the negative. I was looking for the other shroud, shroud that he was talking available. about. But notice his hair. Yeah. So he, he what you have here. Uh, is the, the there's simply no explanation for the body's posture 
with the effects of gravity, what you have is that the uh, our Lord rose and stood up with the shroud still on him, and then in the at the moment of his resurrection, this tremendous uh, uh, energy greater than is emitted from the sun blasted onto that. So what you have here is a picture of the moment of the resurrection. Hmm. I never heard that one before. That's interesting. Um, Especially with the science. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And the science backs the all this science up. The science is so important. Especially in a, we have to have faith. Obviously, if you're a Christian, you have faith. But to have the science. Explain the well, feet then. You were about to explain the feet. Yeah. If, if, if somebody is dangling you, let's say you're just sort of dangling in midair. And well, how are your feet going to be? Your feet aren't going to be, your feet will be hanging. They like won't be that perpendicular also. to the ground, right? Correct. Yeah, everything there is exactly as, so you know, the body's laying there, mm -hmm. you know, here's the head, you know, it comes up, Yes. and then, bam, and at that point, <laughs> because now he has a glorified body, uh, he can simply pass through, like he passed through the walls when he was going to see the apostles up in the upper room a few hours later. He would simply pass through uh, uh, that shroud, and the angels are the ones who took it and wrapped it up and put the head covering over on the one end and wrapped the oh. shroud up and put it on the other. What, who, who is it, it? It is quite the moment of Easter, like just shock uh, for this. It does make, it makes sense. Let me ask you this. So the shroud there, what was the, what was the history of the first person to have found that shroud to actually put it in a safe enough place to where it's accessible to us today? What was, what, where did that, where did the shroud go from the first person that found it in the tomb? Well, I mean, I think it's probably very reasonable to conclude the apostles took it. Um, the, the apostles or Mary Magdalene, I mean, that first very small, tiny group of Christians there, the people who had, you know, witnessed the, you know, the crucifixion and been followers of our Lord in Capernaum and Galilee and Jerusalem and everything else, they would have been the ones who would have secured the shroud. They also secured the sidarium. Remember, these are Jews. They understand the significance of uh, this entire burial thing. They're the ones who did it. I mean, Joseph of Arimathea is, you know, a good Jew. It was his tomb. Um, they understood. I mean, there, there's a very uh, intense ritual around the burying of, uh, of the dead. Uh, you know, you have to be in the ground before sunset. Many Jews today even still practice that. You know, you'll sit Shiva, which, you know, we would call awake after the burial yeah um it's just part of the so the importance of the burial the importance of the body uh and it being properly taken care of i mean in catholic uh in the catholic faith the um uh that's called a corporal work of mercy there are seven of them the last one is care for the dead because the body was created by god and given to the person to be a composite you know we're not just some soul in some random body yeah. this is me that is you everybody listening that is you it's it's, ama it's, you. it's amazing to think that with the technology that we have today we were able to get the this ai you know is just weeks away from being able to put a 3d version of this in this shroud and basically there, there, there actually there actually was a 3d version of the body already made 
interestingly enough, it was the United States Air Force Academy. And uh, two, uh, I believe they were captains. I might be wrong on their ranks, maybe majors, uh, because of all the uh, engineering involved and the aeronautical, this and that, and you know, the three-dimensional thing and all that. They actually created uh, a 3D image, a life-size 3D image. They know our Lord's weight. They know his height uh, 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 from all of that 3D imaging. And interestingly, when you... Um, uh, uh, through electron microscopy, when you sort of zoom in on the eyelids, you, you see the coins. It's hard to see in, in that one. You have to really look at it on an electronic microscope. Oh, I've seen that but, one before, Mike, where you see the coins. Yeah, you see the coins. Why did they do that? So that the eyes wouldn't open. So the eyelids, sorry. So the eyelids wouldn't open. Mm. Uh, every last detail of that, the pollen that they have extricated from it, from the fibers of the tree, is a, is a pollen that is only found in and around Jerusalem. Uh, the actual linen cloth that was used is only a linen that was spun in the Middle East. The actual way the fibers are weaved together, I mean, mm -hmm. every, you know, different cultures do these things differently. Uh, you know, they learn different tricks of the trade, so to speak. Well, that weaving is what used to be the case 2,000 years ago, as they have other samples of, you know, linen from, uh, you know, extent from back then as well. You know, the shame. I mean, the, there's the, very little question that that is the shroud. Well, that uh, let, let me play devil's advocate. Well, because I, was, I, I, was, I, I always heard I, a story that the shroud was moved to Ephesus with Mary Magdalene and the Virgin Mother Mary. Well, then that would explain Turkey, that one question. Yeah. Because we visited that when we were on tour for the DOD. Yeah. We went to Ephesus, so you have, which is the house where like they got all this gum stuck. Yeah. On the wall. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. <laughs> it's, yeah, the history, it's, the history is fascinating. I would love to know how that happens and how the, the Knights of the Templar are involved in all of this stuff and, and the fact that NPR comes out and does an entire radio show of how this is carbon dated back to 1400 and how it can't be the the shrouded. It's a fascinating piece of lineage in this whole discussion but for christians who who christians love to have their trinkets and their crosses and everything this is the trinket of all trinkets this is literally a photo id of a man who was put to death that came back to life there's no body there's all there is yeah, is the shroud yeah there there's a burned image on there uh, uh it, it's a blast of light i don't want to say burned like it's scorched i don't mean it that way but the blast of it's an x-ray it's an x-ray is there it's yeah. it's essentially an x-ray at the instant of the resurrection Correct. and uh the the carbon dating thing that npr reported when i was uh uh when i first got when i left notre dame graduated from notre dame and i got into secular news skip that part in my by the way <laughs> by the way i forgot mike is a four-time emmy a winning news yeah. uh reporter as well mike i screwed up i'm sorry yeah when i was at cbs uh in new york in manhattan working i used to work on evening news with dan rather and 60 minutes and a bunch of that in the early early days of my career and uh i suck I i'm sorry the mike glee, Good job. the glee that Dan Rather led the evening newscast. Yes. Uh, it, this was about 1985, right mm -hmm. around there. Uh, and he was like, oh, the Shroud of Turin is a medieval forgery. Right. And uh, <laughs> right. carbon dating. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, set, settle down, set, settle down. What they had done, the little particular portion of the shroud that had been taken out for the carbon dating. Yes. Uh, was very near 
to the area where the silver had dropped on it and melted it and the stitching had been you know right. done to fix it up they took a portion of the shroud that was not the original shroud right and interestingly enough what their carbon dating proved is yep that's the year that it was all sewn back up. So yep. thanks very much for your for your confirmation. <laughs> Interesting. Of that. For proving that it's true. You know, first of all, uh, damn Dan, rather. <laughs> I remember you from the news back in the day. So do you? I do. I, I, in fact, I knew your this name This is her hitting on you, by the way. Oh, it is not. <laughs> but I, I want to switch to something a little different because it's something Vic and I had t- touched base on earlier when he was talking about topics for the show would be this, the Catholic saints. You know, my, my stepfather worked for the... Well, let's show... Can we start what? with... Here, and yeah. Scotty, get ready for uh, Padre, St. Padre Pio. If people were done with the turn, if we were done... I, I can, one more question about the turn first. Okay. And then you, Let me just one more cut, because he brought up a great point. Can I... And you can make this a quick answer if you want to. Why does media want to disprove this thing so bad, in your opinion? Why would a Dan Rather they NPR... Hate, they hate God, Christ, and the Catholic Church. Anything they can do to discredit it, because the entire moral fabric of all of Western civilization, all of it, is based on Catholic teaching. So if you want to destroy the West, you have to destroy Catholic teaching. You want to destroy Catholic teaching, you got to destroy the credibility of the church. Wow. So if you can go after every one of these little signs and symbols and say, oh, that's a fake. Oh, they've always been lying to you. Oh, it's crap. Oh, you can kill children by the millions. You can do whatever you want. You can trans this. You can. There's no moral code. That's all crap. Yeah. So they go after every little single thing they can. In the end, in the end, truth is like water. It always finds mm. a way. I feel like I want to applaud. Go ahead. It, it does always <laughs> find a way. And, and I'm glad you brought up truth because that's exactly what my Scotty, question is going to be. can you bring up uh, is going to be. Padre, the Padre Pio pick I sent? It would, which is a very popular saint. You know, my stepfather worked for the Archdiocese for 35 years after he retired as, from being a chemist. The and Archdiocese of where? For, for St. Louis, the Archdiocese okay. of St. Louis. He was one of the very few and lucky people to be able to carry the St. Saint Bernadette through the St. Louis area when she came through this area. And she looked very much like like uh, Padre Pio here. But what I would like to know is there are so many people who will look at this photo and they will say, well, they restructured, and I know you've heard the story, Michael, they restructured his body with silicone. They rebuilt his body with silicone. He's actually wearing a silicone mask. Now, I know these are temperature-controlled uh, glass in cases, as they should be. and But what do you have to say about when people say, well, their body is not really preserved. It's really just silicone and a face mask. Well, first of all, explain. there's several saints all around the world whose bodies, if you can explain that first, yes. Mike, before you answer the science question. Sure. They're called, uh, they're called incorruptibles, Correct. that when they died, their bodies did not decompose uh, in the way that we just sort of typically think of it. You know, you just put them in the ground and, you know, essentially turn to dust and ashes and things all fall apart. The, the interesting aspect of this is that what is recorded every time they uh, disentomb, is that the right word, disinter mm-hmm. uh, one of these folks, uh, one of these saints, uh, is that uh, at the opening of the tomb, whether it's like a big you know slab on top of the coffin or they're in the ground or wherever they are, an incredible odor of flowers, normally violets, emits from the body in the tomb. Like it's recorded every single time this happens. Hmm. And there's always, you know, I mean, it's not like two or three people there. There's always, I mean, they're they're going to the, the grave in the first place or yeah. the, the tomb or the mausoleum or wherever they are, however they're buried. Uh, they're going there 
because the person was recognized as having been led a holy life, very holy life, like a heroic holy life. Um, and uh, in the process of uh, you know the years going by, uh, a kind of um, uh, veneration uh, begins of the person. Uh, and at some point, what, if that lasts long enough, and it depends on who the person is and what time period you are in history and where it is and all of that in the church around the world, uh, eventually they say, well, one of the things uh, for us to find out if the person is a saint is to, uh, meaning enjoying the beatific vision in heaven now, um, is, you know, let's uh, disinter them. Uh, and you know, that's usually to maybe, you know, collect relics from yeah. the person when your nail clippings or little bone chips or stuff like that. Um, Catholics have been doing that back to before the first century. Uh, you know, they, they, all the Catholics wanted to be buried around St. Peter on Vatican Hill because that's where his bones were. So they all wanted to be there. Um, so there's a massive Catholic graveyard beside St. Peter underneath St. Peter's uh, Basilica in Rome, uh, going back 2,000 years. Uh, the, uh, uh, but one of the things, they open up the bodies that are incorrupted, incorruptible, mm -hmm. always have this tremendous odor of uh, violets or fla other flowers. Right. Uh, it, it, it's, it's one of the very first things that gets recorded. And there is a saint in... Uh, an incorruptible saint in uh, uh, Paris uh, at, uh, uh, on uh, Rue de Bac. Her name is St. Catherine Labouret. Her eyes are open. Her, I've stood and looked down into the glass case. Her eyes are open. She's incorruptible. Um, wow. You know, see, they, when, when they transport them into, you know, whatever the public display is, St. Vincent Ferrer. Uh, in Paris, I've been to his uh, his looked at his incorruptible body as well. Um, they, and, and that's uh, a big honor for you to not only see it, but for you for the very few people who are chosen to carry them. Oh, absolutely! It, yeah, that your father was chosen for that is tremendous. I mean, it that's it great, really it Saint is. Bernadette, Saint Bernadette is as fresh and supple as she was. You know, hundred well, gosh, going on almost two hundred years ago. Hundred, yeah, hundred seventy years ago when our Blessed Mother appeared to her at Lourdes. Um, it's, not just the, it's not just the incorruptible, it's kind of a physical manifestation of a conquering of death. While the person, while the body is dead, it's preserved from the effects of death. Uh, it's just, you know, it's a little miracle. The, the, the larger miracles around these, these particular saints uh, is all of the moral miracles and physical miracles, miracles that happen to other people. And on the Padre Pio one, I can share this with you. My brother, God rest his soul, he died about uh, almost uh, 20 years ago now, um, uh, had a patient. He, he was a psychiatrist, my brother. And he had a patient uh, who, uh, is when he was in Dallas, uh, had a patient uh, that uh, was near death on some... I, I, some horrible disease and he was dying from it. I don't remember what it was, but anyway, he was dying from something. It was a hospital, but he was relatively young. He was in his thirties, if I remember the story correctly. Uh, it was certainly not an old man. Right. And a number of people who knew him, he was not Catholic. Uh, a number of people who knew him or were friends with him or through marriage or family or whatever were Catholic. And they started praying to Padre Pio. Uh, this was not very long after Padre Pio had died. He died in 1968. And a, uh, 
the fellow uh, told them the next day that a man in it with a very long white beard and a, and a little bit of a chubbiness and a brown robe uh, came and stood over by his bed and put his hands on his head. And he said the pain that like seared through him as long as he was holding on to him yeah. was indescribable. And then when he took his hands off him, uh, he, he looked at him, they looked at each other, and he just vanished. And when the doctors came in, he was completely cured. He, he was on he was on death watch, yeah. you know, minutes before. And that was it. And he was telling this story to everybody, all of his friends and family and the whole bit. And one of his family members, this fellow's telling the story to my brother. So, I mean, I can't get firsthand, but, you know, I can get secondhand. Uh, and uh, he asked his family or he told his family, some one of his family or friends or whoever went, wait a minute. And they went and got a picture of Padre Pio and said, is this the guy? And he said, yeah, that's him. That's him. Who is that? They said, oh, my gosh, that's Padre Pio. He's been dead for like 15 years or whenever it was. Wow. And uh, so it's the miracles that's, uh, I mean, the incorruptible miracle is, it's cool. It's, it's really awesome. I mean, I've had the, like I said, I've had the ability to go look right into the faces through the glass cases of a number of incorruptible saints. Uh, but it's the miracles that surround them that affect other people. And they bring them to the church. They bring, they waken them up. You know, they, they sort of, and particularly the cases of the incorruptible, because what is it? I mean, it's kind of a statement that, yeah, ask the person that you don't live forever here on earth, you're going to die. Right. Uh, but the effect of death, you know, St. Paul's beautiful words, you know, death, where is thy victory? Grave, where is thy sting? That this is kind of a little uh, appetizer that, yeah, the person's not here right now, at least not in the way they were. But death couldn't even do all of its horror to their body. And by the way, they're, they're performing all sorts of other miracles also around the world at the same time. See, that kind of stuff kind of confuses me a little bit because it's kind of like it put, I mean, would Mother Teresa have be an uncorruptible because she, what she did? It's, it seems kind of like it's a little random. It's like, why do some people get this um, immortality in a glass case, but other people just Great deteriorate. Point. I did, and it, it for people. I'm not a Catholic. I'm Christian, and I'm a believer. But but the uh, iconology of of the religion, I love it, and it's fascinating. But I, I always question. I always have a question at the end of all of this stuff. You know what well, I'm saying? I guess I guess you could uh, say. I mean, that's a good. That's a good question. You know, you know, as our Lord said, the Spirit blows where it will. Right. You know, this one, not that one. I mean, there were various people that our Lord walked right past and didn't cure. Um, could have. He could have. I mean, he's God. He could have just, you know, gone cure and had the entire crowd be cured immediately. So what you're he saying. Did. So I, I'm. what you're saying is that God might be using this one just to kind of give you a, hey, look, I'm here. But there was something special about Padre Pio. You know, he oh, also, yeah. he had the ability to know what people were thinking, to know what was going to happen to them. You know, some people might call it a psychic. Yeah. You not, know. Not, not to mention the stigmata. <laughs> and I mean, there yeah, were, exactly exactly that. it was the stigmata. Absolutely. He was, he was, the first recorded instance in all of church history of the stigmata, which is, bearing in your own flesh the wounds of Christ, mm. uh, that they emerge in you and you suffer the pains. And on Good Fridays, interestingly, see so we are on Good Friday, Padre Pio suffered intensely 
they were witnessed by the the wounds, the bleeding through the wounds. All of this stuff was witnessed, you know, by hundreds and hundreds of people all the time. Um, uh, whenever he would say mass, and he would hold it. He used to wear fingerless gloves, uh, but when he hold up the host and hold up the chalice in the at mass, uh, you could see the 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 blood stains like swelling on the uh, on the gloves that he was wearing. Um, uh, the the first instance in all of church history where somebody actually suffered the stigmata that we know mm-hmm. of was St. Francis. And that was only 1,200 years, uh, 1230, 1240. He was praying with his hands outstretched in front of a crucifix. Uh, and his uh, and the stigmata developed on him from the crucifix. Yeah. So the, uh, you know, why didn't our Lord, you know, give the honor of the stigmata to somebody else? And Scotty, I sent you a picture. History for 1,200 years before that? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. It's fascinating. The Catholic, why doesn't this stuff but, happen in other denominations? It's a, I mean, things do if you're, happen. If you're, you don't hear about these stigmatas and these things in the Methodist religion. You don't hear about them so much in the independent church of Harvester. And we're not trying to and I'm not, change this trust into me. debating religion. No, no, no. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering because, you know, it's, Catholics, it's very important. It is. But there's, the there's a great shot of that. But that's for, what Mike was just describing with Padre Pio. Yeah, that's amazing. He's saying mass right there. And since he's wearing rose-colored vestments, that's either that's either uh, Gaudate Sunday or Laudate Sunday. So that's happening either, either during Advent or Lent. Wow, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Um, no, I guess getting back to my question is, why is this not so important in other denominations for, of the Christian religion? Well, it doesn't really happen. That's that's the, that's the point. There's no emphasis on it because it doesn't really happen. Right. Uh, you, you could, you know, I I, I don't want to start a war. No, don't. You, you won't. <laughs> it's good, fr- it's good you Friday. Won't. You won't. <laughs> well, Eric, that's the same as why uh, in the Catholic Church <clears throat> they speak out so much against, about exorcisms. They have the new film good coming point. out, Pope's, Ex- Pope's Exorcist. And the Catholic good Church point. actually wanted to bless 200,000 crosses to hand out at the premieres of that film. And I mean, it's a very, I mean, I'm, I'm not a practicing Catholic, but I was raised Catholic. And, you know, there's a lot of things that happen within the Catholic Church that are completely unexplainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what is the purpose of the church? You know, there is obviously a human dimension to it, unfortunately, and it fails miserably. I report on that all the time. Um, but there is also the divine dimension to the church, which is what preserves it at its heart. You know, humans screw up. You know, Peter denied our Lord. I mean, you can go through this forever. You know, if, if you're to list the failings and the sins of the people of the church, it, it, you you wouldn't have enough gigabytes <laughs> to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, but there is this divine dimension to the church, and when our Lord established the church. He called it my church, and uh, it's something very intimate to him. It's his bride. That's why when you move over to the apocalypse, St. John's apocalypse, near the end, uh, chapter 21, you hear, and I saw the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven Mm -hmm. as a bride adorned for her groom. Uh, St. Paul likens the relationship between husband and wife to the relationship between Christ and his church, 
what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So there is this intimate relationship when God speaks of the love he has for his people, the intimacy he has for his people, he speaks of it in two major areas. One, he talks about it as marriage, and two, he talks about it as parent to child. You don't get any more basic, more intimate relationships than that. And while obviously some marriages have their whatevers and all of that, it is a almost, you, you almost never hear of the breaking of the bond of the love of a parent for a child. It's so intimate. It's so united. Even if the child rejects it, even all the stuff, you know, all kinds of stuff can happen in human failings, Mm -hmm. but God is the one who established that. I mean, you know, we are born from our mothers, our fathers, you know, provide the seed. I mean, there's this moment of creation where God infuses the soul and the mom and dad give, you know, give the, the material. God gives the immaterial, we give the material. And that, that's why all these sins of sexual nature are such a, all of them, all of them, homosexuality, adultery, uh, fornication, hookup, all of it, all of it is smashing God back in the face. That is a sacred power that we have that even the angels don't possess that power. Hmm. And we do. Because God loves us that much. What do you think of this and new pope? What do you think of this new pope kind of getting on the bandwagon of all of this transsexual? Uh, oh, it's satanic. I mean, but what? It, but he's, and and he's, thank you, Mike, for calling calling it out. And that's the one thing Mike has done. Mike's a human, like the rest of us. But here's the thing: there are issues in every church. There have been nasty issues in people, and not just the Catholic Church and Catholic priests. If you go through. And go back in well, time. Well, that's human nature. You will find it in every faith. And the Catholic Church was pushed out because you had priests who weren't allowed to marry. Mike is one guy. I don't know if anybody else who was doing what you were doing. Mike has been calling this out for 20, 30 years and being. And there were some people I watched, I witnessed it. I talked to an archbishop. They, they wanted to hide it. They wanted to hide it. I was trying to talk on Mike's behalf. They wanted to hide some of the stuff. So, Mike, thank you for calling out the bad stuff. That and happens he just, yeah, because it is evil. And he just said there would be gigabytes of things that he could talk. So about you're saying that, that this pope is with. evil. I'm just, I, I'm just from a. Did you say he's evil? I mean, it's, it, it, <laughs> I'm just, I'm squaring. I'm just squ- like, no I, answer, no I, answer. I, I, Eric, that's a great question. I'm squaring everything. I'm trying to from a non-Catholic well, perspective because, it's, it's because changing I do the Catholic because you know anything, anything that comes faith. out of the Vatican, you listen to. You go, okay, well, I guess homosexuality, uh, marriage, you know, man on man marriage is okay, and this transsexual thing is okay. I mean, is if it is evil, does that make the Pope evil? Question mark. No, here's here's the question, or, or or the underlying point of all of this, that uh, certainly from the from the Catholic Church's perspective, there have been ebbs and flows. Like we're two thousand years old, uh, you know. At the uh, at the very outset, you know, the apostles were doing nothing except arguing amongst themselves. I mean, look, the Gospels do not paint a favorable picture of the apostles. Mm-hmm. You know, after the resurrection and the ascension, well, then they seem to get their act together because of Pentecost. But prior to that, 
these are just a bunch of selfish, self-centered, you know, they're arguing with each other who's the most important. Uh, James and John's mother goes up to Jesus and says, oh, those other 10 guys, they're really nice and all that and everything, but can my two sons have the power? I mean, this is a self-centered group that didn't understand anything. Yeah. They really didn't. They loved Jesus. They knew something was different here, but they couldn't understand it. Right. And that's why they all fled in the garden. Yeah, but once once he once he died with you on Holy Thursday night, but once he died with you, we'll die with you. Once he died and came back to life, though, translates this fallen human nature translates. Yeah, and sometimes the effects of it build up, and there's a drop in faith. But Hmm. because our Lord said, "It is my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it." Sooner or later. It undergoes a resurrection and rest- and is restored to, you know, I, I don't want to say it's former glory in the sense of like it's done. We're not done until the last day. I see. I I, I gotta to let me just mode. since we're in, I, a, we're in a trough right now. Since not, I not a, but Eric, we, I, we I can't have keep a, talking the, the whole. Okay, go ahead. We can't one, keep talking one, the what? No, one more. One I, more. I don't I don't know what the parameters of talking and not no, talking. No, go are ahead. I just I didn't. Okay, go ahead. Because I I see it like. Here's how I look at religion, and I think it's a fascinating question. Because we There's didn't have so Mike many... on to talk religion. We didn't? Okay, then I won't. <laughs> because if, if it's a third rail, then, then I one definitely more, won't One do more it. religion question. No, because I always look at Jesus as like looking at us like we're nuts. Anyway, it's like I always think that he's going to come back down here and go, what are you guys doing? I was literally <laughs> doing church in the woods with people that needed to be saved, and you guys are got all this stuff going on. And I mean, at some point... The, uh, the the Catholic Church is this guy named the Pope. He's the president of the entire movement. And when the president says certain things are good that might interfere with what's in the Bible, and your con- and then your your shepherd or your flock is conflicted, you need you need clear guidance. A, a and that's all point. I'm saying. That's great all I'm saying. Point. It's like, okay, is well, it so? So here's here's some clear guidance. Uh, the any Pope, this Pope, any Pope. Uh, cannot change church teaching. Can they express it poorly? Absolutely. Can they, uh, you know, say something that sounds like it's in conflict with something earlier or whatever? Absolutely. There is a very narrow, very narrow walkway, and I'm talking like this big, in which when the Pope speaks, he speaks, uh, um, uh, what's, gracious, what's the word? Um, uh, without error, that's yeah. to protect the her- That's prote- to protect heresy from being put onto people's consciences in the sense they must believe it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you have a pope, or for that fact, a bishop, you know, anything. I mean, the bishop is the pope of his diocese. Um, if they say things incorrectly, because they're like, well, let's be merciful. Mm-hmm. Let's not concentrate on the sin part of this. Let's concentrate on the mercy part of it. They're making and they're making a, you know, a practical decision on how to approach something. So, let's take the let, let's take the the gay thing for example. Yes. since you brought it since you brought it up. Yeah, and I and try, hey, I apologize if I'm if I'm like offending well, anybody because no, I'm, I, no, I, you've just turned it into your own counseling I have turned, session. I have turned many 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 Bible <laughs> studies into these kind of <laughs> questions. Okay, so I'm, I'm I well, apologize. Well, hurry up because yeah. I want to say something yes. and then Vic wants to say something. So anyway, go ahead. I'm, I'm Eric's so sorry. done. Great question, Eric. Mike, <laughs> if there is, um, you know. Was there 
uh, you know, and to some degree is there uh, a, uh, a prejudice and an animosity and a hatred towards people who are same-sex attracted? Probably not so much as there used to be, but did there used to be? Was there, is there still some of that present? Yes, you can't hate somebody because of their sex. You can't hate anybody. But in this thing that we're talking about right now, sexual orientation, you can't hate somebody because they're sexual orientation. Uh, was it a matter, you know, how did it get to that point? Well, who knows in, in an indiv individual's case. Uh, but you can certainly hate and must, from a Catholic point of view, agitate against the sin. But this is a very, it's a very, you know, kind of, uh, thin line mm -hmm. when you're talking about a the actions of a person being sinful versus the actual person themselves that line sometimes disappears with everything yeah. uh, so how do you extend mercy to a person charity to a person who is engaged in a sinful life uh, how, you know, how best to speak to them. That is a judgment call. Yeah. Might it be said in a wrong way that might confuse one side or the other? Absolutely. Of course it will. And when you're in a hypersensitive culture of, oh my gosh, I'm so offended. Yeah. You know, anything you say immediately offends somebody. So are there people... ways to say that? The Pope has come out and said, the Pope has come out and said uh, same-sex marriage is diabolical. Here we go. Those are his, I'm sorry, demonic. Those are his words. He yeah. said that quite a few times. Uh, but what he's trying to do here, I don't think he's doing a good job of it, but, you know, I'm not the Pope. Um, well, people uh, need to know when, and people need to know what they're praying for, what's a sin and what's not. If it's told to us that, hey, transgenderism, which is the new flavor at the, at the Vatican, apparently, if they say transgenderism, we invite all of you to become part of our flock, they're like, well, I guess this isn't a sin anymore. Fantastic. Well, Eric, people can say gay people sin, but I'll tell you what, you're a sinner. You live, you, uh, you're you, damn right. We're, you know, fornicators. I mean, there's different things. You, we're all sinners. That's Every right. last one of us are sinners. I don't know who's job it is to say one sin is greater than the other but but i know we have to move on and so one of the things i want to throw out there is we all know all the bad talking points about the catholic church we, we can hear them daily uh, across the region but what, what i want to point out is there are some really good righteous people living within the catholic church i was privileged enough growing up at one point to actually live on the grounds of the Carmelite Monastery here in the St. Louis area, where oh, that's really cool. Where the that's cloister, beautiful. yeah, where the cloistered nuns are. There's so few cloistered nuns in the world these days, and these are a group of cloistered nuns, women who only have one hour a day to speak. They spend they spend 23 hours a day in silence. They have to be vegetarians, and they do this out of faith. And there aren't many of them left, unfortunately. But there is some really, really good people, really good righteous people still within the Catholic Church, no question about it. You, you know, when you, when you talk about, uh, you know, for example, Pentecost and St. Paul's speaking of the effects of Pentecost and the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit, that various people are given various talents and gifts and fruits and all of this by the Spirit so that all of it will combine, as he says, for the building up of the body of Christ. Um, 
some people like cloistered nuns and so the audience says cloistered nuns are nuns who stay within the confines of the convent and the grounds if there are grounds with it there normally are and that's where they live their life they mm -hmm. go in there they uh become uh in a symbolic sense brides of christ yep. they obviously aren't engaged in any kind of sexual activity and all that sort of stuff they give up worldly pleasures and pursuits that are legitimate they give those up so that they can more closely unite themselves to christ christ is their sole focus beyond just their basic needs of having to eat and go to the bathroom and sleep and stuff like that yeah. the rest of their life is devoted to prayer and devotion to our lord that's what they do not everybody's called to that life there are other people who are called to the married life um you know who whose job is to uh, you know, be married, have children, and die if they have to, to make sure that their children get to heaven. Correct. Because their children are God's children before they're their children. God has given them to you as a gift, but that gift has to be returned to him. That's why at baptism uh, in the Catholic Church, you know, baptizing a baby, for example, they'll put them in their little white christening dress or, you know, outfit, and then they'll give them a little garment put the garment on top and say, and it's completely nice and clean and beautiful, it says, make sure that when they die, they return this garment unstained. Hmm. So that you are, what is the goal of this life? The goal of this life is to attain the beatific vision, the, the vision of the blessed, to behold God in the face. Yeah. Everything that the church does officially and in its teaching is aimed at that one goal for every single individual. So everything that develops around the church is that. Is it always expressed correctly? Certainly not. Is it always, are there many in the church who actually don't believe that stuff? Absolutely they are. Are some of them bishops? Okay. Absolutely. Oh, Eric, uh, it's my turn. It's my the turn. Very first bishop, it's my the very turn. First I can ask a question. Well, you're, you're the pro here. You should be able to rock this thing. Go. Yeah. Eric, hey, I just want to, how long, what, how long is the question, Eric? Because no, 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 go. I, if we go over 10 o'clock, I'm I, We're cool. fine. Yeah. I'm fine with, but I had to go because there were two, somebody had two serious problems or one serious problem with something that Mike said, and then another question. No, but please, I think it's time Mike, to get to the real listeners. quick. Um, did you say earlier that AB blood was the only universal donor? Because somebody saying group O can donate red blood cells to anybody. It's the universal donor. A, 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 a B positive. A B positive is what? Universal donor. Okay, as opposed to group O. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to check that. But the blood is A B positive, and, and is the blood on both of those is A B positive. For and it's the blood universal of G donor. O positive may be universal donor. Also, I don't know. But Do you know if there's a DNA match to both of those, or it's just they're both. Yes, AB? there is. There it is. Oh wow. There it is. That, and, and and as a matter of fact, the. Um, o plus is a universal donor. Good. Here's um, a here's a question with the DNA. Is there anything special about the DNA that that scientists might have seen about the it, building block? It is it is DNA from a heart muscle. From a heart muscle. Okay. But Jesus was was one of us. So I mean, you wouldn't expect anything too crazy out of the DNA. I wouldn't think. But but twenty one and me is not going to date back to Jesus. You're not going to be related to him, right? <laughs> no, obviously. Well, you could be. Yeah. So no, not really. Well, here's 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 an interesting thing. Also, when you think about this, now, you know, I know lots of people who are baptized but not Catholic have a problem with Mary. 
uh, and you know, Catholic. You well, know, people get confused. They think the that Catholics are praying to Mary, but that's not what it is. No, <laughs> I used to not. think that I ripped you for about a year straight. I ripped the Catholic faith. I said, I grew up Catholic. I knew it all because I was Catholic. I turned from the Catholic faith because of examples in yeah. my own family. Yeah. It's like the Catholic faith's a joke. Yeah. Give me a break. Mary this. Oh, oh standing, kneeling. I went to Catholic church my whole life. And I didn't know anything until I ripped you and your patience for about a year. And it wasn't until I did a deep dive study with an open mind that a transformation took place. But it starts with the education. But you see it? You Good see, for you. You man. see how important this conversation is. Yeah, I would love to talk about that's the why tra- I always the, talk pride the shroud, of mind. and I would love to talk about everything. But but there are some the, people the, in the this Catholic, world. The Catholic faith, Eric, is this giant tapestry. And it's all wedded to itself and woven together in the whole bit. And yes, you can always, as you could with a tapestry, you could always look at one of the, maybe the tassels on the end or one of the threads going through it and really hone in on that. Yes. Find out all kinds of things about it. How did the, what's the, what's responsible for the color dye? Uh, how is it woven? You can look at all sorts of things like that. Yeah. But you, you, and you should. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I mean, absolutely should. That's what theology is. Uh, but you can't do what's called solo theology, where you're looking at one thing not in context to the whole tapestry. Right. And I think so what, but, one thread makes no sense just by itself. It like has I, to be context like of that. I tell Vic the this point all the time. Make about Mary is that since God, the Father, provided the DNA. Uh, for the male part of it, uh, the humanity uh, uh, of our Lord was derived from our Blessed Mother. So yeah. the DNA, the blood type, all of that sort of thing derived from her. So it is probably not very, that stretch of an imagination to say that the you know uh, our Lord probably very closely resembled his mother. I, I look a lot I, like I, my I, mom, and, and my dad was not God. <laughs> no, but here's the thing: is think about this for a second. We we put a lot of faith into Mary, and we do. Joseph had to have the faith immediately. To understand that he was not being cheated on, right? Think about that for a second. Patron saint. That's why he's the patron saint of fathers. Think about that for a second. We don't and talk families. a lot about Joseph. He was the one that gave the the license to to move forward and to support his wife in a time when that was not a good thing to support a, a uh, an adulterous mother. Correct? Is that so, oh, is that fair to say? Absolutely. It, no, notice no, it was so difficult for him. And, and this is a wonderful example of how God provides. It's crazy to think that your betrothed comes to you pregnant and says, oh, it was an act of God, and that you believe it. There's just not So Joseph, who was a good man, but was greatly <laughs> disturbed at that, and the Gospels tell us he was greatly disturbed and wanted to put her away, but not make a big public show of it. Mm-hmm. He was ready to say, no, we're done, and you know whatever, we'll just kind of go our own way and everything, which would be the normal human response, even of a very good man. Yeah. And when God does something, when God intervenes in somebody's life, and it requires a heroic response, God gives the grace for you and able to enabled to have yeah. that heroic response. What did he do? He visited an angel to him and said, 
this is by God, this has happened. And so what's the response back? Faith. Yeah. Ah, okay. I don't exactly know what's going on here, but it's enough for me that God has told me that. There are multiple examples of that throughout all of Scripture, the Gospels in particular. When the angel comes to Mary and says, Hail, full of grace, uh, the, the very next line is, She was greatly confused and wondered what his greeting might be. She didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. So this idea that you know we have these images of, Oh, things just sort of move along, like there's some you know Steven Spielberg movie and the plot just builds on. At any point, these entire things could completely fall apart yeah. because they're just so incredible and yeah. incredible, unworthy of belief, can't be true. Uh, that when that happens, they can't be true in the sense that we don't understand them with a finite mind, but in the God, in that great big giant tapestry, they do make sense. And all you have to do is say, well, I can't see the whole thing, but, you know, I I guess it makes sense. I'm I'm sorry, I'm going to believe it because you have told it to me. That's the faith response. You have the exact exact same incidents at uh, Capernaum when our Lord is saying, eat my flesh. If you do not eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will not rise on the last day. Don't you think the most? In, the, don't Peter's, you think the, Peter's like, huh? Yeah. Peter's looking at that and saying, "What? What?" He didn't understand that. But when our Lord turns to them after all the Jews get up and leave and say, "Well, Jesus is crazy telling people to eat him," that's nuts. And they all get up and leave. He turns <laughs> okay. to the apostles and says, "You're going to leave me too." No. Peter didn't understand what was going on. Right? He didn't understand, but it was enough that it had come from the lips of our blessed Lord, and his answer was, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words of everlasting Man, you should, life. You should be a preacher. You're uh, really good. Mean he understood <laughs> it. He he, Mike, Mike was going to be he, a priest. He was in... He looks like a priest. He was in school, I and... I got my Notre Dame stuff on. Right? Ah, oh go Dame. Uh, go Irish. <laughs> nah, hey, hey, Mike, before we get out of here, too, were priests ever allowed to marry? They're about to be. Uh, yeah. When was that? Uh, well, it was largely not even really a thing. Uh, it's never been a case that like all these priests are married and they just changed the rule. It was very seldom that priests were ever married. Uh, you could get married if you wanted to, but it came to an end, I think, uh, as an official discipline of the church right around the year 1000. Uh, there's, there's two types of priests. One is called a secular priest. That's the priest in the parish who, you know, Father O'Malley, you know, says mass in the parish every Sunday at St. Mary's in the suburbs. And then there are religious order priests, Dominicans, uh, Franciscans, all the, they would never get married because they make their vows to the community. Yeah. So marriage would always be off the table for them. And the, and the world is divided roughly into about 50, 50, roughly of this crowd. No priests who were married were ever uh, uh, were ever bishops. The Eastern Orthodox and Eastern Rite Catholics still have married priests, but even there, it's not like, hey, I'm just going out on a date. Yeah. You have to be married before you're ordained. If your spouse dies, you can't remarry, and you can never be a bishop. Hmm. So the idea of, of living a celibate life, uh, meaning you're not married, uh, has been widespread throughout the church forever. There was just sort of a practice of some guys could get married until they brought it, excuse me, brought it to largely a definitive end about the first millennium, the end of the draw of the first millennium. 
now if you are a uh, a Protestant minister, for example, and you're married and you have children and all of that, and you convert to the faith, uh, sometimes, I mean, you just convert to the faith and you're just a, a lay Catholic with a family, you can ask permission of the local bishop to be ordained a Catholic priest, and it can be granted. It's not a sin. Uh, you know, it's not against the you know, divine teaching, but it's a discipline within the church because you have to make yourself available to the church. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's kind of who your bride is at that point in your family. Like fathers uh, do. do. Do they make exceptions? Sure, they make exceptions. Very good. Eric, I'll get you Mike's number so you can have your private counseling session. No, he won't Mike. get me off the phone. No. <laughs> don't do it. You, don't look, do it, Michael. Just ask, don't do it. When you ask smart questions, and they are smart questions. He does ask good questions. <laughs> well, I, I just think the Bible is fascinatingly perfect because it speaks to people with these little gray matter brains, and they were able to make parables to where us idiots could understand super complex universal principles to make you happy. I just look at it as a uh, manual for human beings to be happy you can either take our suggestions or hey don't be happy i mean so it's it's fascinating how genius it is let me give you a mind blow and then we'll Uh, let you go mike we're cognizant of your time as well got it here's your mind blow eric uh the church produced the bible 400 years after our lord's resurrection Mm -hmm. there was no bible that's crazy off of documents that they found in the sand. Unbelievable. It's great. Oh, no, no. That's the Dead Sea Scrolls. This was, <laughs> things were written. Uh, in, in the first century, there were 27 Gospels floating around the Mediterranean world. 27. How did we get to four? The Catholic Church said, these four are inspired. Mm. Mike Voris, St. Michael's Media, <laughs> church militant. Hey, Mike, we're getting, remind people how they can uh, watch your show. I mean, you do all, you do news, you do everything. Let do everybody everything. know how they can find you right now. Churchmilitant.com. Just go churchmilitant.com. It's not a, it, militant doesn't mean a reference to a violent overthrow of the government. It means a violent overthrow of evil within ourselves. As our Lord said, uh, the kingdom of heaven inside us comes via violence mm. beat yourself down oh my god tell your exciting tabitha eric mm. used to call tabitha the militant midget small person <laughs> i did not I'm like it either, either. That. I don't know michael what's going on. <laughs> yeah you don't want to get part of that hey hey mike thanks again for your time we appreciate it um you know we really wanted to focus on the the shroud we did focus on the saints and then heck eric took us into another good direction i so. can take us in 20 more if you want oh. uh, we'll mike, do that on monday mike thank you again god uh, and a happy easter blessing yes. to all of your all of your fans all right thanks mike we'll catch up with you later all right, bye-bye. All right, guys, we promise next Friday we will do our AI Friday. At least, well, we'll see. I guess we'll see it when we believe it. But anyway. I'm going to come in here as AI. Okay. You, I won't even be the real Eric. Scotty. Oh, my gosh. I don't even. Is it- <laughs> For Scotty Girk and Eric Johnson, Tab of the Hassle, I'm Vic Faust. What are we going to say, Tab? Never. I'll, I'll. She'll save it for next week. Yes. Next Friday. Guys, hey, thanks again, everybody. Happy Easter. Have an awesome weekend. We'll catch up with you for our next our next podcast, which will be on Monday. That will be April 10th. Mm-hmm. Don't eat too many jelly beans. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>